he falls out of the window. <laughs> and he goes, Serve some big kahuna! <laughs> and it's, which is funny because uh, he's not surfing. No, he's not. Oh. Oh. oh, genius script writing. Wonderful stuff. Did you know? A beautiful mind. Same guy. This is the greatest movie ever made. Welcome to Big Damn Pile of Bullshit. Uh, it's Big Damn Cast. Episode whatever. Twelve. Uh, yeah, we can... Oh, my God. We can go and see Temple of Doom now. No. Yeah. Oh, no. Mm. No. Thirteen. PG-13. Damn uh, it. No, oh, well. Not over here. Oh, well. That's a good point. But tell you what else is a good point. Two good points, in fact. Both of them atop a man's head. This week, we're going a bit off the rails. So Batman's we're going to get... pointy ears. pointy ears of joy. I'm Chris... I'm Matt. And Joe Magnum is Deathstroke, apparently. Yeah. Let's talk about this before we move on. Uh, surprising no one. Because uh, two weeks ago, we talked about the Deathstroke reveal. Um, yep. His Deathstroke is better for like, posting a costume test. What is this bullshit? Well, I imagine he's probably filmed a cameo for Justice League, but they've confirmed who the man in the mask is. Well, Jeff Johns confirmed in an interview recently that Joe Magnum is Deathstroke uh-huh. in the Batman movie. Uh-huh. He would not confirm... Whether that he was also appearing in Justice League. But let's face it, apparently they're still writing the Batman movie. Oh, well, yeah. Well, they're... Ben Raff, like I said, there's a script. He's just not <laughs> happy enough with it yet to start shooting. What? So... A DC movie with forethought? <gasps> Who'd oh, snap. have thunk it? Who'd have forethought it? Not Warner Brothers. <laughs> hey! Yeah. I bet they're fuming. They want that movie now. They want that film immediately. I'll say this, though. I am... I'm pretty excited that Deathstroke is a part of it because if, yeah. if he's like the main right. villain or like is the muscle of the main sort of you know um, chess chess master behind whatever the story is, he's the assassin to keep Batman on. Well, he doesn't. He's not like arm's length. He's not like a cool. grudge guy, is he? He's like well, he's contract killer. It's funny because that if there's you no money in that, it, he's not interested. You saying that that has now bookmarked this episode because we'll get back to Deathstroke in part. Probably about 45 minutes, 60 minutes. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. true. Uh, But congratulations, uh, Joe Meganem, because you complete the holy trifecta. The DCEU has stolen three Spider-Man cast members. Yeah. Yeah. Because J. Jonah Jameson. They've already got J.K. Simmons. The Green Goblin. And now the greatest Spider-Man nemesis, Flash Thompson. That's Jack Snyder's motivation, I think. That's what Warner Brothers should do. When did superhero films it's work? Back to formula. When did superhero films first start working? Uh, Spider-Man, arguably? Okay, get Blade? some guys from that film. Just you watch, everybody. Tobey Maguire's Penguin will be announced within a week. Uh, Steel. The superhero movie started working at Steel. When they cast Shaq, that was when they, they hit the magic, the oh, magic button. Oh, no, just no. We've got, we've got to try and get all of them a copy of Steel and give that a watch. Oh, God. You mean the Superman spin-off that isn't a Superman spin-off because they can't, for copyright reasons, make it a Superman spin-off. So they have to find a new way for John Henry Irons to it's, want to become a Superman-esque looking superhero. It's really good. It, get out. <laughs> get out, you D's for H. Because, ladies and gentlemen... Oh, I'm old off. <laughs> Later on, we're... 
Well, that's a little tease. I wonder. Oh, 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 We'll get back to that next week. Um, uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's dabble in the world of your diggy dongs because later on we're going to be uh, having a look at some of your emails and some of your questions and spam emails and our classic new segment, Matt and Chris, two lifelong Doctor Who fans, reluctantly answer Doctor Who questions. Yeah, but we we'll get back to that later. But first, this week we wanted to celebrate Summit by Jing. Yeah. Because with Arkham VR on its way and Return to Arkham, the remasters of the first two games of the Rocksteady trilogy now confirmed to be released in just over a month's time, Mm. what better episode to dip our dicks into the Rocksteady well? The one in just over a month's time will probably be a better episode. Are you going to be buying Return to Arkham on release? Then we'll talk about it now. Um, because also you've been playing Arkham Knight for the first I have, time. I have. I've finally, I finally do- dove into the Arkham Knight pool. Um, and actually, I'm enjoying it a great deal more than I thought I would. Um, I just finished Origins. Anything feels like a palate cleanser. After yeah, that. Origins is not a bad game, but it's coming after Arkham City. It's 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 like a five yeah. after having two tens. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just it it works. When it works. But some bits of it are just real shoddy. Yeah. Um, but we'll talk more about Origins when we get to it. Um, and Night, I'm enjoying quite a bit. Actually, I thought I would hate all the Batmobile stuff. But the freshness of a lot of it, after having played three Batman games that are all followed a pretty similar formula. Better formula. <laughs> it's quite refreshing. Um, <laughs> that's going to be episode title now, isn't it? Oh, uh, quite possibly. Factor formula? Imagine <laughs> uh, the thumbnail of this episode. The thing is that it's just Willem Dafoe's crazed face, and then the episode has nothing to do with him. I whatsoever. don't know why that's in my head, though. Because <laughs> it's a great moment. It's just. You know he's insane because he repeats back to formula and then throws Strom through some glass. We're not even talking about Willem Dafoe, we're talking about Batman. Well, let's go back in, Batman in time. Yeah. Let's go back to formula. Batman. Uh, what Batman games did you grow up with? Um, not a great deal. There was, I know there were Batman games floating around, but I only really had... Floaters describes most of them, actually. Until the Saturn, my first console was the Saturn, apart from my dad's Game Boy, which I basically stole. Um, and inherited. There was a, there was a video store. He's still alive. <laughs> there used to be a there used to be a video shop on Manchester Road, and they had a bunch of Game Boy games on clearance one day. So I picked up. We picked. Well, I picked up. We picked up a bunch of stuff, <clears throat> including the Flash, the Flash for the Game Boy, based on the nineties TV series with, with John Wesley Shipp. Um, well, that's something, but they could have been cast as Henry Allen in the movie. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh. Will he have a blue dong? No. Uh, I hope not. That'd be weird. That'd be weird, wouldn't it? Anyways. Um, <laughs> but also Batman. Return of the Joker for the Game Boy, which seems to share a name with a, sn- a game for the NES by the same developer that came out a year previous, but nothing else. <laughs> Apart from the name, it's a completely different game, and actually has far superior music to the NES version from what I've seen in the NES version. Yeah, we did give it a, um, we did give it a quickie re-watch, actually, before this. We just saw some footage from each, because you were like, did you ever play it? We have a look. I was like, this Game Boy music's quite funky. And it's the great. NES one, and the Game Boy music was so stupid. Yeah. It's... So the, 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 the NES music. Yeah. The Game Boy one is... is... Fun graphics, though. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a nicely animated sprite. Some sprite work. Some really good sprite work on there for a Game Boy game. 
And um, yeah, his little I liked fist it a lot. of fury, his little hammers of justice yeah. whipping around. Hammers of justice. <laughs> um, I, I so I played a lot of that when I was a kid, but um, I missed out on Batman Returns because I didn't have a SNES. I missed out on Batman because I didn't have a NES. I missed out on Batman Forever had a game for the Saturn, which was a port of the arcade game. Which was a side scroll. The real game. Oh yeah. oh yeah, But I didn't get that because it was shit. <laughs> so I didn't bother. And there was there was loads of Batman games. There was loads of Batman games on a PS2. Batman Beyond game for PS1. Well, I um, um in terms in terms of my because that sort of catches up to where I came in. Yeah, I, yeah. Batman Returns was the first Batman game I played for the SNES. And oh, you mean the SNES? Oh yeah, baby. I've got upstairs. Bought it since when I went on that little drunken splurge a couple of years ago. And bought a snares. We should play that. It's great. It's in the word in the words of esteemed uh, video game reviewer Matthew Watson. It's, it's totally, totally great, um, um, and it's pretty damn sweet. And and it's basically you just beating up the Red Triangle Circus Gang for it, many many levels. Is it two player? I don't think so. No, I think it's just a one player. So there's no Robin. No. Even though Robin was in Batman Returns until they started <laughs> shooting it. Yeah, and then they went, eh. yeah. Um, the sprites, are well, not sprites really at this point, are they? But mm. like, the graphics for... <coughs> they're sprites, yeah. Oh, God, one tried to escape you. Yeah. Matt eats sprites for breakfast. They're sprites. Um, and drinks Sprite to wash them down with, ironically. This is definitely not Sprite. No, it is not. Um... <laughs> this mid-afternoon sojourn into the <laughs> world of dirty liquids that we're both taking. Oh, dirty um, Don't drink and drive, kids. Uh, so... Don't drink and talk. D- don't drive, kids. Don't drive. Um, so... don't, it's illegal. Um... <laughs> uh, so Batman Returns is pretty cool. The Red Triangle gang look amazing on, yeah. on the snares. They look yeah. really good. Uh, then the next one for me was Batman Beyond Return of the Joker on the N64, which it's is... two Return of the Jokers. Oh, yeah. It's garbage. I've got the PS1 version. It's right? utter garbage. What's the PS1 version like? I don't know. Um, my dad bought it in a charity shop. I've never played it. <laughs> the N64 I'm going one, around tomorrow. I might give it a look. The N64 one is a piece of shit. Uh, um, even as a kid, I knew that. Then I I grew up visiting Asda in Trafford Park a lot when they used to have that big media section at the back with the massive telly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Massive screen on yeah. the wall. It was the coolest place ever. That. The mm. other, like, Spider-Man classics and the toy aisle nearby. It was so cool. Um... And for ages, I wanted to get Batman The Rise of Sin Tzu on the PS2. I don't have that. I, I've never played it in the end. It's an animated series spin-off game with a new villain called Sin Tzu, who was created by Jim Lee Ooh. for the animated series world. And the idea was if it, the game was successful, he would have then appeared in like Justice League Unlimited and stuff. Yeah. Never happened. Um and apparently it wasn't very good, but it had the animated series cast in it, so that's a bonus. Yeah. Um, never got to play Batman Dark Tomorrow, which apparently is also not very good. No. Or Batman Vengeance. Which I have. And it's apparently not very good. It's not very good. Again, my, if my, There another, is a pattern here, guys. My dad's on a real kick recently of just getting loads of stuff from charity shops. <laughs> so he got a PS2 and he's got a bunch and bunch of games, one of which is Batman Vengeance, which I played a little of, and is not good. I think that one gets points. Doesn't that one have Scarface? That has in a it? voice cast in it. So that, that one has Scarface too. Is it? Is I don't know if that's. I didn't one, play enough of it them, to see if there was Scarface in it. One of them had really nice designs. Had a really nice look to it. It was really it dark. It looks okay. Vengeance looks okay. Um, we'll try and we'll try and have a little pop a bit sometime. Yeah, we'll whip it right up for a slim. Um, I'll bring it around next time I'm here. Oh, and I also had Batman and Mister Freeze Sub Zero for the Game Boy Color. Oh, I don't know nothing about that game. I will lend it to you if you fancy. It's upstairs. Uh, I don't have it. 
Uh, I'll I mean, lend I, you a Game Boy Color. No, I, I can play it on my Game Boy Advance. Um, uh, it was just pretty cool, if I recall. And that, that's, a, that's a freeze joke. Yeah. Oh, shit. I almost forgot. I had Batman and Robin for the PS1. And I never got past the first, I never got past the first level because it was a free roaming city for as much as you could free roam on the PS1. And Batman and Robin. It was one of those where like, obviously to save graphic power or whatever, you, it was always dark for about five meters ahead of you. What, like the Spider-Man games? Yeah. So driving yeah. the Batmobile around, you could never really see where you were going until you crashed into a wall. I don't I'm think driving. I ever got past the beginning. I'm driving? Yeah. You're in the goddamn Batmobile, son. Oh, wow. It's mental. Um, that was also crap. Was it what what version of Batman was it? Uh, how do, oh no, Batman and Robin is based on the film. Oh, oh right, okay, yeah, yeah. oh okay, oh, yeah, right, right, oh, yeah. all right, yeah, all right. Because the first um, level was the museum with Freeze. Kill the heroes! Kill the heroes! Now! <laughs> um, what killed the dinosaurs? Uh, the I Ice Age. Was, it was a meteorite. Oh shit! He's gonna freeze us. <laughs> oh man! Um, so Batman. There is also a Batman Brave and the Bold game for the Wii. Shut the fridge. Which my dad has a copy of, but I've not played. Shut the fridge. Really? Yeah. That's quite cool. I'm going to borrow that. I'm going to, when I go around tonight, I'm going to nick Brave and the Bold, Batman Vengeance, and um, Batman Beyond. I never played Batman Begins either. Um, I played a bit of Batman Begins on the GameCube. I completely forgot about that. How was that? It was alright. It was because there there's no comic book villains in it, really, is there? So it's kind of limited to just pretty... you beating up dudes in brown jackets, essentially. Yeah, and it's a pretty alright sort of third person action stealth game because um, if I remember correctly Christian Bale and I might be wrong but I think it's Christian Bale and Gary Oldman voice yeah, voice yeah, Bruce Wayne and, and, and Gordon and then Gary Oldman did some more voice work for the for, cancelled Dark Knight game yeah for 2008 which we only know exists because he slipped up about it in an interview yeah. um, it looks like Warner Brothers tried to sweep it under the rug but here this brings us to the dawn of the Arkham voice. Yes. Because... The Arkham voice? Uh, I believe it was Eidos Interactive that they had the deal with at the time for Arkham Asylum. Yeah. And basically, Warner Brothers were like, we need to make a Batman game. We've just shit-canned one. So they approached a very small studio, pretty little known at the time, called Rocksteady, uh, who are, I think they're like Manchester-based and London-based, and now they're like just straight up London, from what I know. What about Bebop? Um, oh, he's, he just wasn't bothered. But they, uh, they they made a single game in 2000, well, the mid-late 2000s, called Urban Chaos Riot Response. I am vaguely aware of Urban yeah, Chaos. Yeah, it's like, it's like, sort of like Fire Brigade action game. Yeah, kind of yeah. And, um, and it, it was on the PS2. Yeah. And it was released to favourable reviews. I remember it coming out. Um, so, they were basically, it was, it was almost like, it seems almost like a, a cast-off. It's like Rocksteady were basically told, hey guys, look, we're doing you a solid here. Do you want to do a Batman game? Yeah, do whatever you want. Because Warner's attitude, I suppose, at the time was probably, if you can make it good, please do, but just get a Batman game made, please, so we can make money from Batman. And Rocksteady shat the pants, got a pair of new pants, and then went to work at creating, arguably, the best superhero game ever made. Oh, Arkham Asylum is... Wonderful. It is great. Now, it's... some people say Spider Man 2. Spider Man 2 is great, but I do feel that game has setbacks mm. that over time I look back at less fondly. Uh, I mean, Tobey Maguire's performance in it is probably better than the film, actually. Well, he's good at the film, but it's probably better than the film. But, like, Molina and stuff, they all feel a bit odd. He's great at voice acting now, Alfred Molina, but I remember his Oc in that game feeling a bit weird. Um, 
I remember the the black cat stuff. I appreciated at the time. Now I think, wow, they made her look really creepy, like an alien with massive breasts. What is going on? You're the, very stra- you have very strange. And of course, uh, who could forget the heinous crime that is my balloon? Oh no! So yeah, I really like the first Spider-Man game though. I love the first one, but I like the first Spider-Man game for a similar reason why I really like Asylum, or maybe over the rest of them. It's more focused. Yes. There's objectives, you know yeah, that yeah. you know in each level I've got to get this done and secrets is optional. But I like open world games. But there's something they can get a bit overwhelming. Things like Uncharted, I think are the more recent examples yeah, yeah. of showing that levels are still something oh, that yeah. people do yeah, enjoy yeah. and work. And, and those they, they still feel big in like a real world. I've started four different characters on Fallout Four and I've never actually finished a playthrough of that game. Damn, son. Because there's just too much to do. Well, maybe you can mod Whereas, it later. Ah, no, no, you can't. You no, can't no. anymore. Um, um, so yeah, uh, but Asylum. Oh, so, yeah, Asylum came out in two thousand and nine, which is yeah, really it, bad it was, time for me because it was just as I was moving to London. It was the summer it of two thousand and nine. Yeah, August twenty eighth uh, for the EU. And I, I wanted it, but was fi- I was finishing college and going yeah. to university, so it was not an option. No. And then my girlfriend's parents basically got me a well done for your um distinction your b-tech results yeah. uh and gave me like a 40 pound game voucher i was like what and it was, it was just like you know well done i was like oh my god i mean you guys must like me then yeah, <laughs> this is great like and really like me and even then his record like the dad's recommendation he tuned it with me it was like when you get that batman game you wanted so i got arkham asylum and i spent the best part of November, December, before moving to London, mm-hmm. playing the shit out of it. And I got it just after Christmas, I think, because I was playing it when you moved to London. Yes. She was staying with me. We stayed with me for a little bit. Yes. And, was, um, it was a random week of, yeah. hey, uh, I'm in a B&B, and it's shit. Come Please, can I live with you yeah, for a couple of weeks? Floor, I don't mind. <laughs> um, Do you have a floor? Yes, then I can sleep somewhere. Yeah. That's fine with me. Um... <laughs> Man, that game's good. It's so good. For those who don't know, go away and play it. Uh, you can pick it up pretty cheap, the yeah. PS3 copy in different places, uh, or if you want to shell out 30 quid in a month's time, pick up the remaster. But we recommend giving the original a go. Uh, it's... It, I mean, it, like yeah, say, If you don't already have them, get the remasters. Because yeah. Asylum and City are brilliant games. Yes. And shit all over the other two, really. Well, the, well, the, other two, the other two have, we'll have merits. We'll get to that. But the first two, um, I think, are the are the the peak. I th- the first two. I are think my favourite's Asylum. Yeah, because well, it, because of the more focused nature of it. That's what's and beautiful about it. It is one location. It. It's it's one story. Rocksteady made some smart decisions. They wanted the player to feel like they were being detectives. They were being ninjas. They mm-hmm. were being. Um, like a, um, a creature operating in the shadows, but at the same time, like somebody who you felt safe around. Like they focused uh, on character. They made the they made the genius decision to get Paul Dini to write yeah. the script for the game. And he hadn't. I don't think he'd written a full game that way before. I think he'd written some bits and bobs for some contributed to the some earlier to the games. Games that were based on the animated series. Yeah, he he, he dipped in, but like this was one I'll of those where check. it was like it's just him we need 7,000 pages of different options and this, that, and the other. Go. Yeah, yeah. And smart move. And I think, I believe that was because Rocksteady were like, why don't we get the guy who worked on the animated series to do it? 
And they also, of course, made the smart decision alongside that of why don't we try to cast the players from the animated series? And we get three of them in Arkham Asylum. And good God, does it add a whole extra level to the game. Because you are suddenly seeing very mature, very gothic-looking designs of the game. uh, Very sort of, you know, teenager-appealing sexy in places yeah it, grungy it, and realistic in others if you want to talk about the impact of the of the arkham games my least favorite part of its impact on because it has it's, it's hugely influential mm. on a number of levels yes it came out of nowhere and it's changed a lot of genre stuff he's re sort of revitalized that metroidvania genre it re it re- helps revamp combat in in action games. Mm. Some games have um, outright stolen the uh, oh yeah yeah the Arkham system. Amazing Spider-Man two. Uh, uh, most notably Shadow of Mordor, which is also yes. one of those games. <laughs> They're just like, oh, we're just gonna take this from Rocksteady and put it in this. You mean Assassin's game? Mordor Shadow of Arkham? Oh yeah, I mean it's 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 similar to the Assassin's Creed combat, but the Assassin's Creed combat has never been as satisfying. Yeah, it's not as simpl- um, it's not as simplistic. Assassin's Creed has yeah, a little too many just... complications in it. I don't um, argue it's the other way. I argue Assassin's Creed is way too simplistic. Oh, okay. But it's a similar feel, and it's, it's rhythmic, but you don't really get a sense of what you're doing. Whereas with Batman, because you've got the uh, the counter, the combo counter, and you've got a little bit more HUD feedback, you have a much better sense of what's actually going on and how you're performing and what your options are next. Mm-hmm. Um, so... But the wor- absolute worst part of its legacy is the over-sexualized character designs of its female characters. Yes. Particularly Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Also, Poison Ivy. Not so much Catwoman because she's always been over-sexualized. But it didn't help. Um, but the, yeah, the effect it's had on Harley Quinn's design as a character has been pretty bad. Mm. Although I will say, in the context of the games themselves, yeah, I've never, works, I've never yeah. had a problem in context... with, with them in the games. Like the nurse outfit in the first one, kind of fits that vibe because it's the whole we're putting on a party. Yeah. This is my part for the night. I'm the warden now. Like it's a, it's, it's like a like, twisted version of what uh, she used to be. That's a bit much, but I get it. Yeah, yeah. and she she even makes a thing of like like the new outfit. Like she's mm. it, it's. And it's Arlene Sorkin in this first game as well. Yes, and it's the last performance I think of Arlene Sorkin as Harley. I don't think she does it in DC Universe Online. Um, um I think she. But even if she did, does. she recorded the DC Universe Online started recording back in like 2007, 2008. So that okay. like they made that around the same time as Asylum. Mm-hmm. Um, so Yar, uh, Arlene Sorkin returns as Harley Quinn, and. I, I can't even say she nails it because she is Harley. Mm. Like Harley's entire design is based off of a dream sequence in an episode of a sitcom she was in where she dressed up as a jester. <laughs> like it's, she is Harley and, and she's so good in this game. Um, Kevin Conroy, the man, the Batman is Batman. And doesn't that add so much? Like inner monologues and like sides and character moments, yeah. character beats are completely like they're perfect. Yeah. So I think part of the reason why they cast him and why they tried to cast the animated series lot and why they get Paulini is so they didn't have to worry. Yeah. About this stuff, they had to worry about submerging the players into that world through the experience and the physicality of the character and things like that. Mm-hmm. The storytelling and the character performances and the character beats 
we've got it covered. We've hired people who know these characters inside out. They're going to bring it. And nobody brings it quite so hard as a certain Mr. Mark Hamill. Oh, he's fantastic in this. Who makes, not just Arkham Asylum, but I would argue the majority of the series, what it is. It's so nice to hear him mature. I talked about it in, plug for my YouTube channel, my Mark Hamill episode of The Best Joker. Yeah. How over the years, his Joker has changed. Its core has always remained the same. But based on the project, he will adapt and change things up. Mm-hmm. And he is never his he's never more adult than he is in the Arkham games. No. No, no, no. This Joker sounds older. This Joker is less about the oh hello like ha like all that and more about this. And he's like he's just every giggle, every laugh at Batman's expense is a twist of a knife, mm-hmm. and he revels in it. It's so good. His performance is great. And each game has a, has a reason for Joker to be constantly talking at you throughout the story. And Arkham Asylum's way of doing that is having him on the tannoy talking to his thugs. Yeah. And it's such a nice touch. It's, it is wonderful. Because it'll be creepy and you'll be feeling pretty creeped out and you're, you're hiding somewhere in, in the open island between the buildings trying to sneak up on one of the raving loonies without them spotting you. And suddenly Joker will start non like making jokes and talking bollocks over the thing, completely de- remove any tension because you're laughing. And then a crazy will leap out of a bush and attack you yeah. because you'll have let your guard down for a second. Just, oh man. Let's talk about the tone of this thing. Yeah, they definitely go for... It's sort of a horror movie. It's not quite in as... In a way. It's absolutely not as as... as realistic as the movies are. No. It's still very much comic book universe. Definitely because of the designs and also because they're straight up meta humans in that game. Yeah. Like this like with Poison Ivy and Killer Croc. And, and Bane. And, yeah. Like they, they are um, there. And Clayface as well. We, less people, less we forget Clayface is in that oh, game yeah, too. Oh yeah of course. I forgot he was in, he was in Asylum. Yeah. yeah. But that's how you save on character models is you just use three other character models from the rest of the game. Yeah. That's really smart. It's not Basil Carlo though is it? It's, it's the, the second one because he was the one who had the obsession with the mannequin wasn't it? I think it is Basil Carlo. I think I think in the Arkhamverse continuity it must be Carlo because yeah, yeah. there's not more than one. But, but... it's based on the second. Yeah. Because there is a there is a lot of that. Arkham Asylum Arkham Asylum's strength is that it feels like it's just plucked out of the comics. Yeah, that... it feels like it, it could just be a comic book storyline and they've chosen to tell it in yeah, this way. Yeah, it's clearly an established Batman who's been at this for a while. He's been putting people in a set in the Arkham Asylum for a while. He has a relationship with Gordon. It, you know, he's... Harley Quinn's around. So yeah, it's already yeah. years after his, his been... beginnings, and Bane's around. So like Barbara's Oracle. Yeah, yeah Barbara's so, Oracle. Um, does he mention Robin in the first one? I think Joker mentions Robin. I don't know if Batman ever directly mentions him. He doesn't get a character bio, which always used to annoy yeah. me. We don't I always, know. I always thought he would, considering other characters that aren't in the game get character bios, like Alfred. So we get a sense that there is a Robin, but we just don't know which Robin it is. Yeah. Um, Batman's seasoned. He knows full well yeah. what he's doing. So he's obviously got he's got the Bat family. He's got the history. Yeah. He's not on on the blower to Alfred. Oh, it, it, he's on the blower to Oracle. Some form of nightfall has happened. Yes. Bane has broken him. Yes, in the past, in some way, yeah. Um, yeah. What else, man? I mean, Croc's mutated to the point his skin conditions mutated to the point where yeah, he's Croc's like an eight foot tall yeah, yeah. Um 
So there's that. There's also, we get a history of other patients. Black Mask is supposedly either reformed or at least one of his masks has been removed because it's on, it's on a wall. It's one of yeah. the little things to find. Uh, Wesker is cured because Scarface has been left there in a trophy yeah. cabinet as a, yeah. as a, as a trophy. Uh, so this is a this is a world full of history. Yeah, um, it doesn't it doesn't smack you in the, over the head with it. No, and the, as a newbie, you'd never played a Batman thing or read a Batman thing or watched a Batman thing. You'd go, oh, so this is the superhero, and these are the bad guys, and he puts them in here. Yeah, you get the basics. You get all you need to. He's got an assistant called Oracle who helps him with his tech and the mission planning. That's all you need to know. But anybody who's ever read the comic or watched the animated series goes like, oh right, this is a while in. And okay, the, and the riddle system. <laughs> helps you discover that stuff and feel like a detective as well. Yes. Which, again, something the first game does excellently is the character bios, which are really nice, complete with the designs. I'm trying to remember the artist's name. I'll pull him up here. I've got, got my Art of Rocksteady book here. It's a, I might get a copy of that. This it's is beautiful. Nice. It's, it's a compilation of uh, designs and everything and promos, and as well as the history of the, the series uh, of the three Rocksteady games. Yeah. The guy who does the sketches is Carlos de Anda. Who also illustrates a bunch of the Arkham City comic book as well. Oh, okay, yeah, um, yeah. He His designs are the ones you see in the character bios in Arkham Asylum. Okay. Which I did miss in all the future games. I, I, yeah, because you just get the, the character models. you just get the character maybe, models yeah. made me a bit sad. But it means you get to see comic book versions. So you see his version of Harley. Like what Harley looks like when she's not in the nurse's outfit. And, mm. like, and you see Ivy when she's being Ivy and not in the, the Arkham thing. And it's just like, this is quite cool. So you get those. You get character bios. Obviously based on the comics, because they say, like, first appearance and things like that. Um, they're not Arkham-specific, these character bios, but the yeah. patient... Because they, they do get contradicted later on by updated character bios in future games. Yeah. Particularly Jack Riders. Yes. But the patient interview tapes, however... Oh, they're great. They Now, they get contradicted by Warner's Montreal, but... Um, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get to that when we talk about Origins. Yeah, they are so... I mean, I have never wanted to collect something more in a oh, game. Oh, yeah, they're really great. They're really great. They're so good. You unlock... Um, Various interviews with certain patients by finding the tape reels throughout the asylum's buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, you get to see characters flushed out a bit more. Scarecrows are delightful. Scarecrows are interviews where he's ignoring the doctors because he himself is a doctor of psychology and he can't give a crap. Then suddenly halfway through, he turns the interviews round mm-hmm. so that he's in charge. You get the Killer Croc ones, I believe, in that one, where it basically he's like wanting to be fed meat yeah, all the time. I think he... I think it's the story of, like, uh, the day that leads up to him biting off Aaron Cash's hand. Yeah. Uh, in that lovely Captain Hook parallel. They never they, they never take advantage of it. I think one trophy's called, like, TikTok. Yeah. So that's yeah. a reference to it. Um, you get uh, the Riddler, which is brilliant, because they, they set him up fully as, like, this is a Jigsaw Killer style. Like, he's definitely the Riddler, but he's a lot more sadistic in, yeah. in this world. Yeah, They're talking yeah. about the riddles about the... What what is it? What starts life on four legs, then on three legs, uh, then on two legs, then on three legs, and it says that's easy. It's a human. Like it started out as a baby crawling on all fours, and they move onto the hind legs. The older they get, and then when they're older, they use a cane. He goes, "No, they're all the baby. A baby crawls on four legs until you cut off its arms and leave it with two, and eventually it learns to walk with a crutch." So like that, she goes, "You're," she says, <laughs> "You're sick." Uh, um, that's not that's not funny. Do you think that's, yeah, that's not funny? funny. Well. And he says, and he he says like, um, of course it is. Of course it is. Baby. It's not my baby. <laughs> it's and you're like, like oh. oh, you are cold, son. Yeah, yeah Ivy, it's which is nice. It's definitely up a notch in yeah. terms of content. Ivy's tapes are nice. Very typically Ivy. Like she slowly 
and very subtly seduces yeah. a guard to the point where he they're clearly in a relationship. He brings her a plant, and then the next interview is Quincy Sharp going, what the hell have you done with him? We can't find him anywhere. Like, the courtyard was overgrown, and we caught you before you escaped. Where is he? And you ne- I don't think you ever find out what happened no. to him, which is a really nice touch. It's I like, she, she, she buried him somewhere. Plant food, yeah. Oh, so cool. Uh, but the most significant tapes are Harley, which is Paul Dini, writer of Harley's Origin, Mad Love. Yeah. Writing the Arkham version of Mad Love. Yeah. Because the tapes are basically their tape sessions. Yeah. Um, and Arling, it's weird, Arling Sorkin plays Harley is really stiff and kind of like, everything she's saying is rehearsed at first and really boring. And then by like tape three, she's, she's like, she's up, smitten yeah. by him. And the Joker's tapes, which are basically furthering the plot of the game by yeah. giving you that extra layer of information. Talk about what Dr. Young was doing, experimenting with Venom, turning it into Titan titan formula and how the joker has been funding her from the outside under a pseudonym and now he's here to claim his titan formula it's like oh this is so cool yeah so the idea is that the whole (laughs) the whole asylum breakout has been orchestrated by joker this is joker's master plan he wanted to get caught by batman and brought to the asylum so he could take it over yeah uh, there's been there's been a there's, there's been a mysterious fire at blackgate which means a bunch of Blackgate inmates are now, in the, are now in the asylum as an overflow. Plus, Dr. Young has been experimenting on Bane's venom, the substance that Bane uses to sort of power himself up, the, the steroid that he uses. Yeah, to super get, steroid. Super steroid. To get jerked. Um, she's been using it to try and re- create a reverse version, if I remember rightly, to sort of make patients comatose and less violent. Mm-hmm. But the tests go wrong and they create one that sort of triples the effects of Venom. Joker gets wind of this and is like, I'll have a bit of that. I'll have that. Uh, His plan is to keep Batman in the asylum, which keeps him occupied long enough that the Joker can infect various members of his gang with the Titan formula and unleash an army of mutated thugs onto Gotham. mm -hmm. Batman hopefully dying in the process of trying to calm everything in the asylum. Or at least dying after there's a million Titan thugs out there. That's the plot of Arkham Asylum. Sounds pretty daft. Plays like a horror film. It's pretty damn creepy. I've just remembered what the best yeah. tapes are, actually. Victor's ass. Oh, Where he's good. talking to that doctor, and then he starts describing her like walk home to her. She's like, yeah, how yeah. do you know this? Then the next tape, he's broken out, and it's her friend calling her to see if she's okay. Mm. And there's a knock at the door. And it's like, Oh shit! Doesn't isn't, doesn't Batman get to her in time though? No, doesn't it? No, I thought he did. Not that I not that I recall. Uh, Zaz's victims, of course. That's the first time you see them left all over the place. In, yeah, uh, posed, posed in a, yeah. in a card game. Just that's. I think that's why it's a horror horror atmosphere to me. Is because it's 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 an abandoned island for the most part. Because all yeah. the thugs are in areas where they're made to guard and everything. There's the music. There's the lack of light. Everything's just in moonlight. And whatever lamps are there. There's all the gothic architecture. They made a conscious decision to design the entire island to make it look like more buildings were added over the decades. Yeah. But this is definitely an Arkham Asylum that was established by Amadeus Arkham and his family over a century ago. Yeah. Because you find the, the Jeremiah spirit, Arkham. The spirit of Arkham. The spirit of Amadeus Arkham. Yeah, Amadeus, yeah. Um, there's no mention of Jeremiah actually in the game, is there? Um, I'm not sure because Quincy Sharp's the warden at this point yeah which I think implies maybe that Jeremiah's been and gone by this point 
Yeah, there's not the Arkham family is not a thing anymore. Yeah. Well apart from one who thinks he's a reincarnation. Spoiler alert if you crack all the Amadeus Arkham Spirit of Arkham things, Quincy Sharp believes to be the reincarnation of yeah. Amadeus Arkham. And after did you do this? After you found them all, if you go back to the tech room that he's staying in, the security panel room that Quincy Sharp's in, he's gone, the door's open, and there's an Arkham symbol scribbled on the floor. Mental. Absolutely mental. Which comes into play later. The other game finds a way oh, to yeah, they, explain they, that. Because obviously at that. this point it was a one-off. Yeah. And it was a pretty freaking successful one They didn't one-off. have plans for a sequel mm. because they seeded it in a secret that no one found until Rockstar were like, no one's found this. We'd better, um, we'd better just show everyone. If you go into Quincy Sharp's, um, sort of like his main office, his, yeah, the warden's office. in the manor, in Arkham Manor, and you look at, you go through, before you go up the stairs into like the carpeted area with the chairs and the fireplace, look to the left, there's a wood panel wall. In detective mode, it doesn't look odd at all, but from some angles you can kind of see a line, a very thin line of light. Yeah. If you stick three explosive gel charges on it, and blow it up, you find a room. A room. A room. A room. A secret room. A room. A secret room. With blue aprons everywhere. Including plans for an Arkham City site. Rocksteady left a goddamn lead to a potential sequel ready. Because they flipping knew, son, mm-hmm. that one day, if this works, they know what story they would like to tell next. However, Arkham Sounds Contained works really well on its own. Yeah. So pretty yeah. cracking. I think the boss fights not pretty. They're very formulaic in places, but like Bane is tense. It is a tense fight. Ivy's very by the numbers, old school PlayStation. Do this and then do that and then do yeah. this and then hit them and then do this it's and very do that. much pattern recognition. Yeah. And very difficult on New Game Plus as well. Ivy's near impossible on New Game Plus because the there is no New Game Plus in, um, in. Oh, is it? It's is that a replay? No. Oh, it's just hard mode. Hard yeah, mode. That's it. Has no counter icons that's in the Asylum. One. That's the that's, freaking one. Because uh, I've done it on hard. Um, just everything about it, man. I just, yeah. it's, 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 really it's in good. my top five. If I was picking my top five games, Arkham Asylum's in there. Yeah. Because, and here's the best part. If you've already done all the secrets and you're not fussed about trying to find all the secrets and the riddles and you just want to play through the story, you can, and you can do it in the style of the game itself over the course of one night. Yeah. If you want to not... settle down at like 9pm and just start playing, you'll play through to about 4, 5pm, 4am. And you'll have done what Batman does in the game. Yeah. It's the longest night of his life, trapped in Arkham Asylum, trying to deal with the Joker. I probably wouldn't even take that long, you know. Yeah, probably not. Then it, mm, if then you've got the riddles. Yeah. Well, it depends on, it depends on how familiar the layout you are, because remember there's some bits and pieces when you go down the left oh, shafts yeah. to get a little... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's one particular, like, um, area <laughs> in the sewers. The <laughs> drainage is really difficult. Yeah. It's like a chasm, a, a touch really... of red... A splash of green. That yeah, area, yeah. yeah. It, it, it yeah. gets so disorienting getting around. Yeah. <laughs> and you hear that same audio again and again. Oh, man. Although I do like the fact that every now and again, another half-deformed corpse drops out of the drain. Yeah. And they've all got a different deformity. Like, they've got tightly infected limbs. Or, like, their heads, like, half, like, sort of crumpled under flesh. And their arm and shoulder are massive, but the rest of them's tiny. It's like, oh, yeah. that's gross. Uh, and all the secret passageways, of course. Then when the plants grow, the horror grows as well. We start getting those plant bastards all over the place. Yeah. Um, the Bane fight's kind of by the numbers. 
The croc sequence is tense. Oh, the as croc sequence fuck. is great. Because Detective Vision won't help you in the water. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. oh my god, treading those boards, just being as quiet as humanly possible. It's very good. And he leaps out, and you've got like three seconds to hit him with a batarang. Mm. But you've got to aim. Mm. You can't just throw the batarang, you need to quickly aim it just to make sure. God, it's tough. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Up the wazoo. I can't really see the front window. She's meowing. She's meowing because she knows what's next. What's next? So what's chronologically next is the DC Comics series Arkham City. Which I haven't touched. Which is, uh, I'll it, it's pretty good, is a prequel to Arkham City. It tells the tale of the transfer happening because after the events on Arkham Island where the Joker infects himself with the time formula in a boss fight that a lot of people really don't like. Um, oh, okay, it's oh fine. actually, quickly, the Scarecrow levels. Before I oh my god, of yeah. course. The Scarecrow levels. Forget? They're amazing. It's because the other games tried to outdo them and never quite managed. Um, the Hat Sequence in City is pretty great. Yeah, I'd say the Hat Sequence in Orange is pretty good as well, actually. Yeah, they're both pretty good. Um, but the one in City is amazing, especially at the table, because you have control yeah. of, the, the, of the camera as well. Um, yeah. I mean, the one in the Morgue's my favourite. When you go. Well, no, no, no. Oh. Right, the first one is you see the first one you see Jim's dead, and yeah. you go through the morgue, and you see Martha Wayne yeah. and what are you saying, Dave? And Bruce Wayne, uh, Thomas Wayne, help us, Bruce. Bruce. And then the morgue kind of flies to pieces, and you enter the nightmare world of the giant scarecrow, and you have to yeah. avoid his vision and shine a bat signal on his face. And also in that area, there's uh, Rachel Gould's corpses in one of the yeah. thingies as well, which disappears if you go back later. Yeah, it's not there anymore after you've. I, it's only after you've scanned it. If you and scan it, it, and it makes way more sense in the second game as well. Yes, bitch. Um, um, so there's that. The second one is the way the second one is executed is brilliant. You're walking down that hallway. And the corridor slowly begins to turn into Crime Alley. Oh, yeah. And at yeah. the end is baby Bruce oh. Wayne knelt over his parents' corpses. And then suddenly you're baby Bruce. And you walk through and it's the it's the dialogue between, like, they take a leaf out of Batman Begins. You have, like, Gordon as a lieutenant, talk, as, a, as a beat cop talking to you and reassuring you. And then you go into the nightmare world and that's freaking awesome. And then you get the third one, which is a stroke of genius. Because your game starts to glitch. Yep. It takes a leap out of Metal Gear Solid 2's book. Yeah. And then it crashes. And then the opening cinematic begins again. And you're like, what the hell happened to my PlayStation? What's going on? Why is he doing this? Until you realise the Joker's driving the Batmobile this time. <laughs> and you're the patient. <laughs> and then the intro happens again. But you're on the gurney looking at Scarecrow. No, you're playing as Joker. And Batman's on the gurney. You're walking as Joker. Yeah. And Harley and Scarecrow are wheeling him along. And then it switches to first-person view of Batman, and Joker points a gun at your head and shoots you dead. And it goes to the game over screen, the continue screen. And based on the console, it gives you a different message. I think on the Xbox, it says something like, use the middle joystick to avoid Joker's shot. It's like, there isn't a middle joystick. And on the yeah. PlayStation, it says something like, um, it says something like, use the, uh, the Z button to avoid being shot, yeah. or something like that. As your tip. So it's like, wait, what? Then you what? click continue, and you wake up in the nightmare realm. It's like, this is so good. It's really good. The third nightmare sequence is a nightmare sequence aimed at the player. <laughs> it's so good. It's really, really good. Oh, I love it. There's just so many things to love. Like, Penguin and Catwoman left out because they don't want to overcrowd it, but they get they get Riddler 
they get Riddler things. Um, like the Riddler's involvement, he's talking to you over your over your bro- over your earpiece, taunting you. And then when you eventually get all the riddles, you get this excellent audio where you, basically the only reason you've gone along with it is so that you can pinpoint his location yeah. and the police arrest him. Yeah. Oh, there's just so much to love in this game. There's so much. Scarface is fun, voiced by Mark Hamill. Because uh, the Joker's operating him. Yeah. So in the nightmare yeah, yeah. sequence, he voices him. Yeah. Titan Joker. I love the design of Titan Joker. Is a bit of a by-the-numbers bo- boss. Yeah. But there was a Titan formula. Someone was going to get mutated. Someone had to. It was going to happen. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Arkham City comic. Bridges the gap. Tells the story of the transfer beginning. Joker and Harley escape during. Um, Joker's already dying. So Harley takes him there to be looked after, and they try yeah, and get doctors and surgeons to look after him. He's real sick. We learn about Hugo Strange and Mayor Quincy Sharp's run to become mayor now. He wants to be mayor instead of the Warden of Arkham Asylum. Mm-hmm. Um, and turns, succeeds. Yeah, it turns out he had a brief episode where he thought he was Amadeus Arkham. So after a breakdown, he reassesses his life and realises, maybe running this place is bad for me. I've always wanted to be... I've always wanted to be in government. I've always wanted to be part of, you know, I want, I want to be mayor. So I'll do that. And his therapist, Hugo Strange, encourages him. Yeah. And may have been encouraging him since before the events of Arkham Asylum. Yeah. Because Hugo Strange has been putting some freaking whammy on this guy's head this whole time. Mayor Quincy Sharp only becomes mayor because Hugo Strange can then get into power. Yep. Arkham City. So they wall off a (laughs) bit of It's it's like the the slums. It's like the shitty streets. Yeah, they evacuate it. Wall it off yeah, and got, turn it into an asylum. It's got the it's got the old museum. It's got yeah. the original iceberg lounge site. Yeah. It, it's got uh, dismantled fairground. Uh, Roman Sionis's uh, steelworks. steelworks, which have been abandoned for years. The amusement in, mile, the fairground. Yeah, there's that. There's um like different uh, the Falcone uh, shipyard. Yeah, is there? So basically, all these areas that have either been affected by crime at some point. Or are in the shitter. Like the old courthouse that is a favourite haunt of Two Faces. Basically the Narrows from Batman Begins. Yeah, including Park Row and Crime Avenue. Yeah. Crime Alley. Um, which is the Urbijing. Uh Of course it's there, because why else would you trap Batman in Arkham City and not give him something to cry over? Um, My parents are dead! <laughs> Bruce Wayne, as a member of the Arkham board, didn't Bruce sign Wayne. any of this off. Bruce Wayne! Bruce Wayne. And he knows this is wrong, so he begins to publicly sort of protest what Arkham City is. You're letting yeah. criminals of varying degrees of guilt, like guilt, guiltiness, and you just whatnot. give him a walled off city and let him play around in it. Yeah, the ta- like the the tax evaders and the like people with parking tickets are going to get yeah, murdered and raped. Blackgate as well. Yeah, so everyone goes in there. They're going to get murdered and raped and and violated, and which happens injured. when you're in there. Yeah, by the murderers yeah. and the rapists and the arsonists and the super criminals. There are crime, there are, there are assaults and uh, assaults on political prisoners and things like that. And... But the super criminals take advantage by gearing up their gangs. The super crims. The super crims and taking turf and territory with the aim that one of them one day will own everything, mm-hmm. rule over everybody in Arkham City and then probably lead some kind of revolt on Gotham. So you got Two-Face holding up in the courthouse. Yeah. you got Penguin using the museum and the Iceberg Lounge. Uh, you have got... It's just, yeah, it's just three, isn't it, in terms of the war infections? Because yeah. you've also got... And they seem to have no trouble smuggling in equipment and yeah they're finding ways and you've got the joker's gang being led by harley quinn giving the joker's orders joker's not shown his face much because after the events of arkham asylum 
Dude's dying from Titan poisoning. His mm-hmm. body was pretty freaking ripped to pieces and beaten up during that. I mean, you defeated him by explosive gelling his face. He had his spine and whatnot sticking out. Like, yeah. he's not in a good way. The Titan formula is killing him, as it has apparently killed anyone who was affected by it since the first game. So the plot of this game is Bruce Wayne's protesting. He's wrangled by security. Hugo Strange gets you in there and basically says, Yeah, Mr. Wayne, I know who you are. I figured it out. I'm not an idiot. You're the freaking Batman, and you're going to get in the way of my plan. And you're thinking, of Arkham City? Well, we'll still shut it down from the inside. Luckily, Alfred gets you some equipment, because he's Alfred, you know what I'm saying, player. Um, so you are ready and prepared to help fight the criminals of Arkham City. Uh-huh. Um, thing is, the plan you go strange is trying to protect you from has nothing to do with that at all. No. There is no. something much bigger going on that Ego Strange is a part of. Protocol 10. Protocol 10 will commence in six hours. But here's the thing. Shortly after being there, trying to get in the Joker's lair, you are infected with Joker's poison blood. And not just you. No, that's the thing. Yeah, it's like, oh, fine, then we'll both die, I guess. And he goes, oh, right, well, that's the best part. Several hospitals in Gotham have had my blood shipped to them in the last few hours. People are going to start getting injected with my blood or having their blood replaced with mine in operations very soon. Hundreds of lives are at stake. <coughs> and they're going to die, son. I think he, I think, it's, I think it's meant to be bombs, isn't it? Like, he's got supplies rigged up as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, explode places. But, basically, Batman, you need to create an antidote because it'll save you. It'll save me. And then maybe... I might give you a chance to pass that information out to Gotham to make sure that it saves other people too. Yeah. So you are essentially having to half figure out what Hugo Strange is up to and half work for the Joker in obtaining a cure for the Titan formula. So the premise is pretty cool. Uh, two of the cast members from the animated series are back. Kevin Conroy's Batman and Mark Hamill's Joker. Uh, Tara Strong debuts as Harley Quinn. And does all right in that game, actually. Okay. I, think, I think that's probably okay. her best performance as Harley, is Arkham City. Mm. Um, you are getting Nolan North as the Penguin, playing him like a Cockney. Uh, oh, the Penguin's great in the Arkham games. And he's got he's the uh, sweet. the glass bottle shoved into his eye instead of the monocle. Yes, and he's got a little throat thing <clears> as well, like he's a part of his throat ripped yeah. out at some point. Uh, like he's a proper Cockney geezer, and it works. He's it works definitely quite been well. through the ring of that version of the Penguin. He's, just, he's a hard-boiled gunrunner and collector of... Everything just so happens to be a nightclub owner, but yeah. he's a known criminal. Like yeah. people know this guy's bad news. Uh, Mister Freeze debuts, played by Milarich Lamarche. Oh, brilliant, Mister Freeze as well. Uh, best boss fight in the series. Yeah, just saying it now. Yeah. The best boss fight in the entire Arkham series, and probably in any superhero game of the two thousands, actually, is the Mister Freeze boss fight. It's very good. Where you have to take him out. With like it's like nine different methods. They're all like sneak up takedowns, like they are in the Predator. Because there's two kind of gameplay modes mm-hmm. of combat in the in the Batman Arkham games. Is the combat straight up combat, which is fist fighting, and counter and attacks, yeah, and gadgets, yeah. and there's the Predator modes, which is stealthily picking off people one by one, mm. which kind of takes some cues from the Batman Begins game. Yeah, but um, it it just perfects it, um, and it's a Predator fight. With and one you... giant mech-suited enemy yep. in a enclosed location. And once you, when every method you use to, to, to damage him, once you've used it, you can't use it again. Because he adapts to it. Yeah. So if you, if you pounce on him from above, from a gargoyle as he's walking under, 
as soon as he recovers, he blows up all the gargoyles. Yeah. If you sneak up on him from behind, he turns on a thermal sensor on the back of his suit so that he can see you approaching from behind. He's very clever. Like, you attack him from the floor grate, he ices up the floor grates. And when you play it in New Game Plus, you have to use every possible method. It's like 16 different attacks you've got to come up with. You run out of ones that you know you can do. It's insane. I'm not playing, I can see on New Game Plus, but I'm looking forward to it. I'll give you a hint. You don't really think of glide attack, but take advantage of glide attack. I think you have to make sure you do it before the gargoyles go, though. Oh, yeah, you will have to. Yeah, because yeah. you don't really think about that. You think, oh, I'm going to come up from behind, use the grate, maybe use an explosive. No, use a, use a goddamn glide and use it as quick as humanly possible. Yeah. Uh, pulling him off a ledge as well is one. Oh, yeah, cool. That's tough, but it's doable. Um, but yeah, Mr. Freeze is great, Maurice LaMarche. Bane returns... Um, in a good guy plot, he wants to round up all the Titan formula samples that are still out there to make sure they're not going in the wrong hands. Oh, does he? Bane totally wants to use them, and then a non-boss fight happens. Oh, yeah, that's great. Which that's really great sucks. I mean, it's still a boss fight, kind of. You, the two of you get enclosed in a space with, like, 50 thugs. Yeah. But yeah. then you think, oh, we're going to fight Bane! And you don't. You just lock him in a lift shaft. It's like, I mean, it's Bane. He can get out. <laughs> Why is he not getting out? Because subconsciously... Subconsciously, he wants to be better. <laughs> but yeah, so. Um, Azrael rocks up in this. Yeah. Or a version of Azrael. It's the second yeah, it's one. It's not the Jean Paul Valley Azrael from the Nightfall plotline. It's uh, Michael Wayne, who's the more re- he's the current Azrael. Yeah, the, the cop the cop turned um, agent, in Grant agent of the Batman Order of well. St. Dumas. It, pop, it pops him in Grant Morrison's Batman run because um, Bruce borrowed his armor of sorrow as part of his plan to go after the. the the clone that kills Damien. Ah. Yeah, it's pretty great. Mince. It's pretty great. Uh, pretty, 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 pretty good. Um, pretty good. That also contradicts the Nightfall story, kind of. Well, it doesn't really. I guess in the Arkhamverse, well, no, yeah, because... we, we get confirmation that in the Arkhamverse, Jean-Paul Valley and Azrael had nothing to do with whatever the Nightfall event was. Yeah, because... Because this is the first time he's meeting the Order of St. Dumas. Yeah, he's never encountered an Azrael before. If you've never played it before, you can get your first glimpse of him at the very beginning of the game. When yeah. Bruce Wayne's being carted toward the queues. Look to your right, that's Black Mask getting beaten up by the police. The prisoner who sort of points a finger at you and says he's going to get you is Deadshot. Mm-hmm. And if you look up on the rooftop, in the top right corner... Azrael's there, and if you keep him in shot the entire time you're walking, he eventually disappears in a cloud of smoke. Nice. Uh, which is a pretty cool touch. Mad Hatter replaces Scarecrow. There's so much background detail in these games. <laughs> oh, there's loads, it's man. insane. <laughs> uh, Mad Hatter uh, replaces Scarecrow with yeah. a hallucinatory sequence, played by the great Peter McNichol, who absolutely freaking nails it. Oh, he's it. amazing in these, yeah. He's so good. He's really good. Um... He wants you to. He wants you to be his. Basically, help him find his Alice. He wants you to be his slave, and you get a freaky ass mask and a freaky ass fight sequence and a freaky ass clock. His control caps. Yeah, I love the fact that you find him because you just happen to stumble upon a little tea set on a picnic blanket on the rooftop. Yep, it's freaking great. Although you see him a couple of times before, and he's obviously targeting Vicky Vale to be his Alice because that's the first time you see him in full. Yeah, when you rescue Vicky, Hatter's on the roof watching. And you sort of turn, and he scarpers. So it's like, oh, he was after Vicky Vale, and now he knows you're here. He's going to get rid of you. It's like, this is so cool. Uh, Jack Ryder's in it. Um, Vicky Vale's in it. Quincy Sharp's in it. Deadshot's in it, with possibly the best side story. Mm. It's either Deadshot or Hush, because there are no clues for those side stories. 
other than maybe bits of dialogue from the occasional criminal in yeah. that area yeah, if yeah. you're lucky. They'll say, man, there's a body back there. His face is messed up. And you'll be like, what? And if you look around the area, you'll eventually find a bandaged corpse. Or like, um, no, I swear, it sounded like a bullet. Like it was ricocheting off something or something. It's like that kind of thing. You'll find a yeah, all the internal dialogue's really fun as well. Th- that is that's it's... that's something that the city has that Silen doesn't, which yeah. is the the thug the, dialogue, the local uh, local uh, what's it crims, called? and it's like they're all just chatting away. Yeah, the local surveillance, that's it. So good. they just hear stuff on your on your over your over your radio. Um, <laughs> they do it in Origins, but they don't have as many dialogue options, so it gets a bit repetitive, and they, they do some really fun stuff in it with night, in night with it as well. Um, I'm trying to think who else makes an appearance. Uh, spoiler alert! Uh, the League of Assassins has a Lazarus pit under Gotham in the old Gotham City yeah, uh, site, out, Wonder City. It turns out they're masterminding the whole thing. Yeah, the, so, the, Ra's al Ghul. The big bad guy is Ra's al Ghul. Ra's al Ghul. Pronounced Ra's al Ghul. Correctly. Excellente! Raish is manipulating Hugo Strange, who's manipulating Quincy Sharp. Yes. It's a it's a tower of manipulation. <laughs> and everyone's it's, invited. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and Catwoman's in it. You get to play as Catwoman yes. for the game. Oh, which is um, such a nice little touch. Complete with the alternate ending option. When yeah. at the end of Catwoman, yeah. you get you, you kill Ivy's plant in the safe, which I'm so upset never came to back to bite her in Arkham Knight. No. They never no. did anything with that. They never did anything um, with Catwoman in Arkham Knight, but we'll get to that. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so she steals some stuff, she heads out, and then you get the option to either flee and leave Arkham City and go into Gotham, or go help the Batman. And if you choose to flee, you go up some steps into Gotham, and then the credits play with a radio broadcast over the top of Barbara trying to call for help from someone. Without saying it, I think she's implying the Justice League, like someone to come and help. Yeah. Batman's dead. I um, uh, something to do with like Joker's. Uh, what's it? Yeah, Joker's. Uh, Joker's men are, and, and it's like the city. and all this. Protocol yeah. tens happens. Or yeah, strangers been moving at. Yeah, it's. Uh... But nice detail with Catwoman. It means you get to. Um, it's nasty. You get to play with a, di- a sort of a different control set, basically. Yeah, a lot, a lot of crossover because it's still the same environment. But you can't approach, like, you can't just run in and start beating people up. You are nowhere near as durable. No. Nowhere near. And, um... The what, the woman is... can't take as many hits on sexes? No, Batman's a ninja in he's got millionaire's he's body armor. armor. Catwoman <laughs> yeah. is a cat burglar who's um, got some country skills. Um... Solomon Grundy! Solomon Grundy, Clayface. Clayface! Big old Clayface fight. Massive freaking Clayface, with only one line in the whole series in his own voice. It's like, why? But was it why, Carlo? Easy. It's the role of a lifetime! It is the role of a lifetime. Smash it. And you fight him in the Park Row Cinema, the Monarch Theatre, where Bruce and his parents went the night they were shot, and on the screen... And on movie posters throughout that area, a massive clue throughout the game that Clayface is in the game yeah. is a Basil, a Basil Carlo the horror movie, The Terror. Yeah. The Terror is on the screen, playing during that fight as well, which is such a nice touch. Um, when you replayed it, but what I'll tell you what is the question, when you first played it, did you realise the Joker wasn't the Joker <laughs> for the most part? No. I didn't either. I was so surprised. It's really smart. It's really smart. I was so surprised. As soon as he rocked up at the in the the, the circle in the theatre after yeah. shooting Talia, spoilers, um, and you saw how sick he was, I was like, 
in the last scene he looked clean. Yeah. What's going on? And then, like, she stabbed the Joker on the stage that then starts to melt and blob everywhere. It's, oh, it's and If you do okay. go into Detective Vision, you can see he's got no skeleton. Yes, in those scenes. It's very, so yeah. you can work out which Joker's which um, every time B- Before the decay makes yeah. it a bit more obvious, but yeah. yeah. So then when you replay it, you get the joy of uh, going Clayface spotting. Yeah, it's really which fun. Which is amazing. It's really fun. Um, let's talk about uh, Calendar Man. Yeah, Man is a cool I little addition. I haven't played with the Calendar Man stuff yet. I really should. I, I need to get that trophy. Yeah, I, it kept me going back to the game for a year after first buying it. Mm-hmm. Continuously, at least once a month. After like three months, I'd pretty much played out as much as I wanted to. But then every month, I would make a note of the date on Calendar Man's da- uh, calendar next to his cell. And, oh my god. So here's the thing. Calendar Man apparently at some point during the transfer from Arkham Asylum into Arkham City killed a lot of people. And a bunch of crims beat him up. One of them broke his leg. Like, he's screwed. He's, he physically could not keep up. He's a big guy in this. He's quite yeah. an obese dude. Um, and basically for his safety, he was put in a containment cell underneath the old courthouse. Two Faces guys, according to the bios, if I remember correctly, take the courthouse, killing the Arkham... <laughs> Uh, employees who have been hired to stay there because they were using that, I think, as a medical day, if I remember yeah. correctly. Um, they kill them, and when they find Calendar Man, they're like, "Oh, yeah, we're we're not, we're, leave we're not letting we're you not, out. We're not, we're not, we're not going to mess with this dude. We're not dealing with this." No, um, no. Now he's obviously finding a way to keep himself hydrated and fed. I guess, like, no, there'll be supplies in that cell. I suppose they'll be running water and stuff, and they'll probably feed him. But Calendar Man, if you visit him. On a certain day each month, he will tell you a story oh, yeah. about a murder he conducted or organised or was privy to mm-hmm. on that holiday in the past. Which is so creepy, because you get to hear Maurice LaMarche as the calendar man telling you some pretty scary stories. Oh, yeah. If you visit him as Catwoman, he talks about different things to her and suggests... The storyline for the stuff from Long Halloween, Dark Victory, and that Catwoman series where it suggested she might be the daughter of, is it Maroney? Poss, I think so, yeah. He Not makes suggestions about that, and she's like, how do you... And then he cuts her off with something, it's like, oh, okay, interesting. And then, if you've seen him on every day, go back after that. It's not if you've seen him on every day, it's it, it, there's another date. Yeah, yeah, one more date comes up after you've done the last one, I yeah. think. And then if you go back on that... Is it that day? I don't know if it's a specific date. I think it's just if you go back okay. after you've done the last one. I'll have to look it up. He's gone, but he's written like a thing on the calendar that says, like, I was there at your beginning, I will be there at your end. Mm. It's like, oh, okay, he's out there somewhere possibly murdering people. This is creepy. Arkham City makes Calendar Man feel like one of the more dangerous characters in the Batman yeah, universe. Yeah. That's a that is no easy feat. And that Paul Dini and Maurice LaMarche and the animators who do the character models and everything pull it off spectacularly. Uh Zaz. Zaz gets a pretty creepy plot. Yep. Where basically you have to get to a ringing telephone, and if you don't get to that ringing telephone, somebody near that phone is going to die. Mm-hmm. And you find, like, one of the things, one of the Arkham, one of the Riddler clues is a Zaz-defiled corpse propped up against a phone booth. Yep. 
pretty freaking creepy. He's both causing his victims, isn't it? Um, Ivy makes a reappearance in the Catwoman storyline. Uh-huh. Uh, in a pretty, I mean, pretty difficult fight, if yeah. I remember correctly. Like, yeah, the thugs are pretty tough to fight as, as Catwoman. Um... But it sort of plays on the Gotham City Sirens thing by, yeah. by having her sort of... She hates Catwoman because she's a walking meat bag, but she has some respect for her to the point where she trusts Catwoman to get hold of her... Or she thinks she threatens her to do it, yeah. but to get hold of her like rare plants that have been confiscated. Um, there's some really cool clues and Riddler riddles and, and whatnot in Arkham City. Some really cool ones. <gasps> Ooh, it me. feels like a great sequel. Yeah. It was. Um... I, I would argue that on a technical level, it's probably better than Asylum. But Asylum feels like the better experience to me. Yeah. Um, City continues more focus. I bashed my mm. head against City a couple of times before actually getting through it. It's the riddle puzzles that died for me. It's, it wasn't the riddle puzzles, it was just the openness of like, what do I do next? Yeah. <laughs> Where do I go? So it took me a couple of attempts to get into it. But once I did, I really, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. It's got the sort of the good sequel vibe to it. Oh, yeah. It's like, absolutely. this is a great follow-up. Um, and an excellent game in its own right. It builds on so much of the stuff in the first game. Yeah. Um, um, we get a return from Croc briefly. Who, well, which you, yeah. can, which you can miss, actually. Yeah, yeah. You can miss that. Yeah. But Croc will bump into you in the sewers, and he'll give you a sniff, and he'll be like, mm, no, you've got a ticking clock on you. There's something wrong with you. I'm not going to eat you. Laters, mate. Because he knows you're poisoned. There's just, there's just so much detail. Mm. But there's also a very nice tease... Which people did find. Now, it took people a while to find the Arkham City tees and Arkham Asylum. But even when they were making Arkham City, they were planning what could be next. Yeah. Because if you stand on a certain boat with a big hatch in the Falcone shipyard and whip out your cryptogenic sequencer, you might notice that it's in the coding mode. Which it shouldn't be, because you're not near a panel. Mm-hmm. And if you... I think it's City of Fear is the anagram, something like that. If you decode that... The hatch opens, and in the boat is a series of boxes and tanks filled with various insects and leeches and things like that scurrying around, and a bunch of them are loose, because obviously this place has been abandoned since, and at the end of it is a dude in a chair. Corpse just sat there, head hanging down. You walk over to it, zoom in, because you clearly want to know what the hell's going on, and it ain't a fucking corpse, it's alive! (laughs) And he screams and then dies. <laughs> and littered later around the place are little notes and and orders for various chemicals and I toxins. We never done it. It's all all of them assigned by Doctor J Crane. Mm. And after you finish the game, if you play around with the cryptogenic sequencer, you can find a broadcast in a non-distinguishable voice, and it's in text that basically says this city will like be shrouded in a um like a in a in a cloud of fear. I will have my revenge. And everyone was speculating, that scarecrow, that scarecrow, that scarecrow, and freaking hell, I don't think anyone realised how right they would be. Oh, man. When you fast forward five years. Um, but also, the story ends with the death of the Joker, which is pretty bold. Yeah. It's a bold move. He dies because bold, of his right? own his own sort of selfish um, sort of haste. Mm-hmm. Like, he smashes the antidote by... By accident, by trying to get it out, out of your hands. Mm-hmm. Tries to lick it off the floor, doesn't get enough. And Batman goes like, you know what's funny? After everything you've done, I still would have saved you. And Joker laughs his ass off and says, you know, that is pretty funny. And dies. And the painting from the beginning with the dude in the other guy's arms is re- 
repeated when Batman carries him out. Which leads to the first full-on DLC package. Now, the PS3 got DLC for Arkham Asylum. It got Joker challenge maps, which are pretty fun. Yeah. But... And there were extra challenge maps for both platforms as well. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think, I think the Joker ones were making their debut with the Xbox One release of Return to Arkham. Oh, okay. For yeah. Xbox players. Because yeah. um, I don't think it was included in Game of Year Edition. Either. No, it wasn't. It, the extra maps were, but the, um, the Joker ones weren't. Um, but years. Yours. Leads into the first DLC, which is Harley Quinn's Revenge. A mini-story which begins with you as Robin trying to find out what the hell happened to Batman. Then a flashback to Batman being intercepted by Harley's gang and a grieving Harley. And then that goes back to uh, Robin trying to find you and then use Batman trying to get all the... No, Robin is how you finish it, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, including a, what you think is going to be a fight with a giant Joker mech. I'm so glad it wasn't that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's that and it just... Oh. It's pretty good, actually. This yeah, was the first bit of content it's created. It's a bit of story content. But this is the created. first bit of story content created for the Archiverse by Warner's Montreal. Who get a much bigger role to play. Um, yeah. Which we'll talk about now, but I just want to very quickly give a shout out to uh, the shark in the Iceberg Lounge. <laughs> we love you, dudes. <laughs> hey, Sharky. You made us all shit our pants, but we love you, man. Yeah. I, I hope hate you're... you so much. We hope you're okay. I hate you so much. We hope you're okay. But but yeah. if you do pop round our place anytime soon, we will be using shark repellent bat spray. Mm. So Why will we? So don't come anywhere near as you swine. Bat shark repellent. That was 2011. Yes. We thought we were done. Joker dies. Hamill announces his retirement from the role. Um, always saying that he'd come back to do the Killing Joke as a book on tape. Yeah. But he just thinks the script and everything of Arkham City and the way the story ends is too perfect. I couldn't... Like, what do I do after that? Mm-hmm. What do I do? I'm done. Kind of makes sense. Fair enough. So... In late 2012, we get a teaser trailer. A pretty freaking cool teaser trailer, actually. It's a mini-movie. Mm-hmm. A fight between Batman in chunkier armour in winter in, like, a shipyard fighting against Deathstroke the Terminator. Very well choreographed. Looks sweet. What the hell is this? This is amazing. Hang on. Black Mask's in it. Black Mask's employed Deathstroke. There was that thug with the Black Mask-style mask on. That massive guy. That's so cool. We get another teaser trailer. We get the one that's a close-up of young Bruce Wayne's face. Mm-hmm. Skipping several years. Brilliantly made teaser trailer. Possibly, I would argue, the best bit of media, aside from the games themselves, to come out of the games. That teaser trailer. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. Um, what is this? What is it? Arkham Origins is announced. There is a collective... <laughs> <laughs> From the fan base, uh, including myself, I remember going, wait, what? It's a prequel. Mm. Rocksteady had finished, though. They finished with Batman. They said that Arkham City is the last one. What's going on? What is this? It's not Rocksteady. It's Warner's Montreal. Mm. The makers of Harley Quinn's Revenge DLC. Okay, fair enough. Well, Conroy's in it, right? No, Roger Craig Smith is playing Batman. Oh, apparently it's set roughly, roughly eight years before the events of Asylum. Oh, cool. Okay. 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 I'm down with that. So this is Batman at the beginning. Oh, it's called Arkham Origins because it's going to maybe sort of tell this story of him, like, first maybe putting someone away there or something. Oh, okay, right. Fair enough. Um, who's in it? Well, Black Mask's the villain. Shit. Yeah. That's pretty cool. All right. All right. 
right. Going for a mobster bad guy. I yeah, like it. Yeah. And he's hired eight assassins to take out the Batman. Yeah. Oh, tip biscuits. Yeah. And over the following weeks, we began to learn who the assassins were. We've Some got... Deep pulls in there as well. Well, really yeah. Deep pulls. The electrocutioner, for one. <laughs> um, electrocutioner. With his, with his frying your brain gauntlets. Frying tonight. Yes. Odd body earth. Um, we get a female copperhead. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. And they make reference in the game to her not being the first person to use the alias, mm-hmm. suggesting the ones that we know from the comics do exist in this universe. Yeah. Uh, she's just one of them. She's pretty freaky. She's like a contortionist with a poison-tipped um, sort of gauntlets on her fingers and, and sort of viper-like eyes. She's nasty. Pretty creepy. She's nasty and pretty she's spooky. Uh, there is Firefly. Pretty cool. I'm liking this. Bit of Firefly in there. Can't go wrong. Uh, there is Deadshot. We get to see Deadshot encounter Batman, presumably for the first time. Yeah. Nice. And he looks more like the Deadshot we know. He's got like the full face mask with the eyepiece. and But he's in his winter outfit. So his, his uniform's like a big padded coat and everything. Yeah. And he's got the wrist, the wrist, gauntlet, the wrist blasters. It's like, this is cool. Um, Deathstroke is one of the assassins. Amaze balls. Yep. Cannot wait for that. I bet that's going to be the last boss fight. That'll be so cool. That'll be really cool. Killer Croc. Killer looking Croc. Still massive, but, but less got... mutant. Yeah. Like, he's got a very human face still. Yeah. Um, I bet he'll be intense and not be the first boss we encounter and be pretty easy to take out. Uh, then, oh god, there's two more. I forgot who the two are. Uh, no, Lady no, no, Shiva. Lady Shiva, again, deep pull for casual Batman fans. They would have no idea what's going on here. Isn't Lady Shiva part of Vampire? They never, they never touch on No, that. she's a member of the League of Assassins. Is she ever called a vampire? Like, people, different people refer to her as a vampire. Uh, I think you might be getting confused. I'm thinking of the Mask of Tengu guys. stuff, like, uh, and Night Quest and all that. Sure. Oh, God, I don't even... I, that's the 90s. That's bad 90s Batman. The Mask that's... of Tengu. Um, we, don't, we don't talk about this. <laughs> Uh, and um, finally, who's the other assassin? I'm Who looking am I missing off? I can't not Bane. Remember. Oh yeah, Bane, of course. Bane, Bane. looking significantly smaller Bane. than we know him to look, but is more the Bane that we know from the comics. Really, it's kind of Nightfall Bane. You feel that Dark Knight Rises has maybe informed having Bane play a prominent role a bit. Yeah, well, no, he's, a, he's like the head of a gang of mercenaries, yeah. which includes Bird and Zombie, like they're in it. So the Nightfall, his Nightfall crew are in the game. Only Bird is named though. Yeah. Um, but they're there, which is quite a nice touch. I think yeah. that's pretty cool. Um, first time he's met Batman, it seems. Batman's yeah. aware of him and he's definitely aware of Batman. Yeah. But this is the first time they've crossed paths. Like, so oh, this is. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna take down Batman. This yeah. is maybe like the Arkhamverse seed that plants their version of Nightfall. Mm-hmm. Quite possibly. But mm-hmm. we never really find out. Um, but he's much smaller, so that was confusing. And then suddenly, in October, because um, I, th- I remember correctly, the game came out in late October of uh, 2013. It came out in October 25th. 2013. Yeah, I think it was in September, there was a piece of promotional material at a GameStop, a stand that revealed the Joker is in the game. Yeah. And everyone went, what? Well, no, because... Uh, and then they had to confirm, 
Yes, because Troy Baker has been cast, and his character is the Joker. And he did some stuff at a Comic Con before the game came out of him doing. This the was Joker in October. Voice. It was New York yeah. Comic Con, so it was like the week of release. Oh, they did, okay, they did okay. some really cool promo stuff because obviously everyone was like, "Wait, hang on, all right, Roger Craig Smith playing a younger Con- Conroy. Okay, we can kind of see that, but replacing Hamill." No, 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 no. What are you doing? What are you, you doing? Can't replace Mark Hamill. So. I mean, there were video game fans. I think video game fans were delighted. Comic book fans and animated series fans were sort of confused and scared and annoyed. So Troy, Troy got rid of those fears by performing part of the killing joke at New York Comic Con that year. And everyone went, yeah, okay. He sounds like his own Joker, but he sounds like the Hamill incarnation from Arkham City younger. Yeah. So people bought it, and I bought it. I'm going to say it now. I really like Troy Baker's take on the Joker. Oh, yeah, I think he's a great Joker. He's so good. And Roger Craig Smith makes a great Batman in the game. And the guy who plays Alfred is freaking great. Who is it who plays Alfred? Uh, Martin Jarvis. Martin Jarvis. British actor. Which is kind of, you know, brilliant accidental coincidence there. Yeah. Um, he's amazing. And Alfred finally gets to be not only on freaking screen... But a main character. He plays in a quite a significant role in this game. Yeah. The game is set within Batman's first year, sort of late, later, later of the first year, start of his second, I think it is. Yeah. He's been around long enough that the criminal underworld is aware there is something hunting them down, but there's not quite like a gaggle of supervillains yet who no. are, are the response. Not yet. Penguin's aware of him. Um, yeah. Bane knows about him. Yeah. As per Bane's <laughs> sort of lore and origins and everything, this is the first time he meets the Joker. The game does something heinous about 50 minutes in. It does a pretty cool twist where we suddenly confront Black Mask to find out that Black Mask isn't Black Mask. It was a lot longer than 50 minutes for me because I was playing a lot of side quests. <laughs> I plowed through the story because I was like, already I'm hating the control scheme, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, Roman Sionis is a hostage to Black Mask because Black Mask is the Joker. A criminal you're starting to learn a bit about from a couple of crime scenes before this moment. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so, <coughs> it's the first time you meet the Joker, and he happily tries to kill you. Then you save his life after confronting a bunch of the assassins, including Bane on the roof. And the Joker suddenly goes, why did you do that? And that begins his fascination with Batman. As far as an origin for them goes, fair enough. Yeah, it's pretty decent. Oh, that's quite cool. But there's no clown-specific stuff in this at all. So the Joker seems a bit odd. He does have a clown fetish, clearly. Because he's got the makeup on, he builds well, up the fairground. It's his... It's his, it's his skin. It's bleached. Oh, yeah, because we've seen course. the flashback. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but yeah, there's the there's the, the there's, there's fairground like motifs and everything. But he doesn't really... There's no overplaying of the clown thing. No. Like, after he reveals himself as Black Mask, he then dresses in a dark leather coat, which is very dark purple that looks black yeah. in the game. He goes with the... He goes, he and we all, to... the only hint of his sort of style we get is a green waistcoat. And it's a bit like, well, they're really downplaying the clown thing here. But I think... Troy Baker, ain't eh? He's giggling like a maniac and... and I think it's also... Yeah. The, it, es- it clearly escalates from that point. Uh-huh. As a sort of an opposition to Batman, like yeah. he's mocking him. But it is a little strange, but we'll bite. They crowbar in Harley Quinn. Which directly contradicts the stuff from Arkham Asylum. Yeah, not not two games pr- prior. 
you find out that he meets Harleen Quinzel when he's admitted to Blackgate at the end of Act 2. And we play as the Joker in, in, in an interesting sequence. Yeah, it's... And Troy Baker delivers the lines well, but when you look at that see, scene upon, upon reflection, it's just gubbins. It's just yeah. dialogue for dialogue's sake. Now, I might, I might have to double-check this. I think the writer for this game is Jeff Johns. No, he wasn't It's not Jeff Johns. It's, was, uh, he, was he in an advisory capacity? As far as I'm aware, it's just Montreal stuff. Montreal staff. Okay. It's uh, Duma, Duma Wenshku, Ryan Galetta, and Corey May. Okay. I think Jeff Johns is an advisor. Because I remember them throwing his name around a lot around the time of the game. Saying, Jeff Johns was all over this. Um, there is... Let's just say it. Arkham Origins is a flawed product. Uh, yes. Now, I played it on release, and it had problems. And in that first month, they tried to fix those problems. But there were problems that shouldn't have been there in the first place. The game is still straight up broken. And, yeah, even after... I, There were two Enigma packs I couldn't get hold of, and I left it. And after about six months, I put the disc in again, and it said, oh, there's been an update. I was like, all right. So I downloaded the update, went in, and managed to get those two Enigma packs. I was like, wow, that's about six months to complete this. Yeah. The hell is this? Because and they were quite open about saying, yo, yeah, we're not gonna fin we're not gonna fix the problems of the game because we're working on the DLC that you're gonna pay us for. Yeah. Cold Cold Heart. What? Which is it Cold Cold Heart? Yeah. Yeah. Which is a remake of Heart of Ice from the animated series. Set on New Year's Eve. Yeah, because so the like event a week the event, after the game. Yeah, the events of Arkham Origins are Christmas Eve, and then New Year's Eve is when that happens. Yeah. Um, it was meant to come out, if I recall, on the 30th of December, I think it was meant to come out, so you could play it on New Year's Eve, yeah. and it came out in like late February, early March, because there were delays like crazy in their production. You know, the delays that should have been because they were trying to fix the game. <laughs> yes. Um, this is not the last time this will happen with Warner Brothers. No. Uh, but it's the last time it'll happen with Montreal. On the Arkham franchise, at well, least. yeah, um, because <laughs> game was broken, buggy problems, characters disappearing, NPCs acting oddly, graphical glitches, people falling through the maps, trophies, uh, Enigma packs that you couldn't get hold of because it just would not allow you to physically go near them, mm-hmm. Enigma packs that didn't exist, so you couldn't interact with them, but they were clearly there because there was a green glow and they'd show up on the map. Um, I mean, I could go. <laughs> But the other thing is, narratively, decent script. I think it's a decent script. Yeah. There are bits that warble on, like the, like the Killing Joke flashback monologue stuff warbles yeah, on a bit too long. way too long. And the arguing with Alfred does get a bit sad at one point, because you're like, why are you arguing with each yeah. other? Please stop. Yeah. Um, but it's all to build up, because that Alfred becomes a temporary damsel towards stop the end. Stop fighting! And that sort of shakes Bruce into his senses. He's like, what the yeah. hell am I doing? So, you know... <laughs> Narratively, I guess it's there for a reason, but it's just sad because it's like, wow, we finally get Alfred and they're just bitching at each other. Yeah. Um, Batcave's nice. It feels like it's the, in its beginning, like he's got the basic equipment set up. And it's yeah. the only time we get to go to the Batcave in any of the games as well. Yeah, there's a backup Batcave on Arkham. Not counting Island, challenge Arkham maps Island. at night. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it, there's a back, the backup one in Asylum. Um, we go to different facilities through the city. course of the night. Yes. Um, so it's quite cool that that's in there, mm. but the game proves that Warner Brothers were terrified of creating a product without the Joker as the central focus. Yeah. 
Now, it's an interesting enough story, and I think the setup for the the final sort of boss stages is brilliant, where you're in the prison, and Bane's got a heart monitor, and Joker's on an electric chair, and he's basically like, right, you saved me earlier tonight, and that's weird, and you shouldn't have done that, so I'm going to make sure you kill someone, you freak in a metal suit with bat ears. You've got to fight Bane. If Bane kills you, you die. If you kill Bane... Um, he dies. If you fight Bane but don't kill him, and it takes two, and you keep going, after about five minutes, his heart rate monitor is going to inform this electric chair that he's still alive, and I'm going to die. Isn't Gordon in the chair? He pulls Gordon into the chair. Gordon oh, okay. puts a gun to the Joker's head, and Joker like pulls him into his arms. And he's like, he's just like, we'll both go up like two roasted potatoes, something like that. He's like, we're both gonna die. So basically, he's like, someone's going to die. It's either going to be me, you, or Bane. Because what you're doing doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> Go. And it's pretty cool. Like, it's it, that is a cool fight. I like the way that you do spend that going, how the hell do we get out of this? Because mm-hmm. there's no indication of how you're going to do it while the fight's happening. No indication whatsoever. It's a cutscene that happens before you defeated him that makes you go, oh, this is what's going to happen. And the way he gets out of it is pretty cool. You've got the deceased electrocutioner's gauntlets at this point, which, for this bit of story, is quite cool. Makes the game far too easy, though. Yeah. Because um, you yeah, suddenly can punch it. people with electricity and take them out much easier. Punch through shields. Yeah. Punch through stock sticks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you only have it for a limited time, but it charges up very quickly. So yeah, it doubles it's kind of combos. Pointless. Oh, it doubles yeah, combo, it's yeah. mental. It makes you feel like you're not trying as much. Um, which he should be in his first year. Because some of his combat's sloppy and some of his gadgets aren't as good as they are in the other two games. Fe- which that- makes sense because they wouldn't be at this but point. But the whole game feels sloppier. Yeah. And it doesn't feel as tight. The stealth doesn't feel as responsive. The combat doesn't feel as responsive. Well, that's where... The stealth's outright broken in places because I keep getting fucking spotted when, I'm no- when no one's around Well, me. that plays into this too because um, you basically beat Bane like nearly to death and then you electrocute him to death. Yeah. The Joker gets out of the chair, Gordon makes a beeline for him, Joker escapes, and then you you don't chase after the Joker, you use the shot gauntlets to basically defibrillate Bane and bring him back to life. So that works. Then for some reason, Montreal chose to retcon the story of the first game again by having Bane crack into his supply of Venom T1. TNO1. TNO1. So basically, Bane has Titan formula. In the first game, and he's been developing set it for a eight while. years later, yeah. Titan formula is created by Doctor Young using Bane's venom as a sample. So the games are already tripping over themselves, but they've done it because they want players the other two to go. Oh, oh. Bane grows freakishly huge, and suddenly you have to fight him in a stealth arena using nothing but grates and walls, and it's ridiculous. And he looks comical. Yeah. It does, however, at least set up the idea that the reason Bane's so big in the others is because based on the chemical he's using, his size fluctuates. Mm. And the reason he's so big in Asylum is probably because after this, he's kind of naturally much bigger already, no matter what. Although when you come to him in Asylum... He's a sh- he's tiny, tiny man. man. Yeah. But that's probably because um, Dr. Young's drained him for everything he's got. So yeah. it's like, fair enough, okay, kind of get it. But he's he's comically huge in Origins. Yeah. And it feels odd. After having fought 
Joker, Titan Joker and Clayface in the previous two games as the final boss to sort of scale back the boss fight but replace any kind of fight with a stealth with a, with a predator thing anyway seems weird especially when it's a hulking great monster it seems really strange mm. but then they give you the kind of satisfying thing where you track down Joker in the church and beat the shit out of him <laughs> in a cinematic which is fair enough um, Origins is like being given a five-star Indian restaurant, butter chicken with pilau rice, and like you know, gorgeous kima naan bread, and like all the trimmings, and a freaking like the the perfect beer to complement it. Yeah. Then being given just a little bit more, the way it's going to be enjoying it will tell you what. Here's a top up, and you get that, and you have a little bit more, a little bit more of that beer, a little bit more of that curry. They're going to chuck in a bargy. That's really nice, and then they give you. A half melted cornetto to wash it down with. Now there's still chocolate at the bottom of that cone, and you're not gonna lie. After all that food, cornetto still a nice little treat, but it is vastly inferior to the two courses you had before it. Yeah. That is Arkham Origins. Um, I was so excited for this game because I didn't know it was gonna happen that I bought the collector's edition. So I've got a big old steelbook case for it, which looks quite nice. Mm. I've got a gorgeous statue, which we can see from where we're sat right now of. of Batman holding Joker over the ledge of a building. Yeah, that's right. Cool. And it's built so that you can prop it up on the ledge of a unit and which the Joker will be dangling. Which is exactly what you're doing. And it looks pretty sweet. And it's the only decent sort of real sculpt of that Joker that looks like the game one out of any of the merchandise. Because I've also got the Kai Arts version here, which are slightly stylized. Yeah. Its face doesn't really look like his. It smiles too small. Um, he's got a big thick old neck on that. Yeah, yeah and, he's, and, and in the games he's got teeth bigger than his head. Yeah. Because that's the other thing. Batman does look like he could be a younger version of the other Arkham Batman. Yeah. Joker does not look like the same man. His mouth's too small. In the old, in the other ones. Yeah. His mouth is huge. It's like a shark. In 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 the other ones, he's got a normal sized mouth with the scars going up the side. Yeah, like his, like his lips yeah. and everything. And, and So it's odd. But fair enough, as its own thing. And I think at this point we were all like, oh right, so this is the trilogy. And then... Bolt out of the blue, and I can't remember when they announced it. Did it well, did the app. Uh, well, Kevin Conroy, let's Yeah, during, during the time of Arkham Origins, Kevin Conroy mentioned in an interview that he'd, he'd been he recording lines for on Arkham, the next Arkham game. And everyone went, huh? You're not in Origins. So speculation started that the first, I believe the first thing that people went to was. Oh, they're going to do some like DLC or something set later. Yeah, which they did. They did Cold Call Heart, which is set in New Year's Eve, and they did the Arkham Origins yeah. Blackgate, which came out with Arkham Origins for mobile. Uh, well, yeah. not for mobile, for handheld consoles, the 3DS and PS Vita, and later on for the for the actual consoles. Which is like a sort of it's like a, it's like a three game, months after. It's like a Game yeah. Boy Color game in 3D, like it's sort of side scrolling. It's um, like an old Arkham school adventure. Metroid game or a Castlevania yeah. game, and it's more like. Asylum, and then it's set in one location, and you're going back and forth, and as you, new areas open up, as you get new gadgets and skills. Yeah, I'm not finished it yet, but I'm quite enjoying. What it's I'm not bad. It. It's not bad. It's sort of it's a bit a bit of a shame that it's um that it, it there's no si- animatics and cinematics and stuff, which I understand it's the capabilities of the console. Um, but it would be nice to see a moving Joker when you hear Troy Baker again, because it meant that it, it's almost like that game is almost like a victory lap for the voice actors. Plus, you get Amanda Waller. Yeah. Um, properly, after her cameo at the end credits of Arkham Origins. Mm-hmm. Um, you get Amanda Waller and you get Adam Baldwin playing... I can't remember. He plays a character. 
It's just one of those where it's like he's just an agent, but like if you look him up on Wikipedia, it's a character. And I can't recall who it is. Yeah, because they do they see a lot of the Suicide Squad stuff in that, don't they? Yeah, or actually, do you know what? Actually, quickly look that up if you can get to Arkham Origins Blackgate. I, I, yeah, bring, I might bring it, up, bring it up, actually. No, it's fine. But I think Ar- Adam Baldwin might play someone significant. Uh, is um, it Rick Flagg? It could be Rick Flagg. Let me have a look. Uh, Arkham Origins Blackgate. So look at that sweet, sweet cast. Sweet. Sweet, sweet, sweet cast. Cast list. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, Rick Flagg's listed, so I think that is I think that is Adam Baldwin. Makes an appearance in game. That's really odd that they wouldn't say if it's Adam Baldwin or not next to him. Uh, but yeah, it's just like, oh, cool. Uh, there's a Solomon Grundy level, which I hated with a fiery biblical passion. <laughs> um, did you get through that? I've not done that yet. Oh, God, it's horrible. Just you wait. Like, you'll need to call me for because trauma. There trauma is, there is a... Um... It's, also the, it's also the story of his first encounter with Catwoman in the Arkhamverse as well. Yes. Uh, that's how the game opens. It's first encounter with Catwoman, and then she becomes his sort of uh, ally throughout the whole ordeal. Ordeal. Um, so that's quite cool. Uh, oh, spoiler! Oh god, I just died for a second. Yeah, <laughs> spoiler no, alert! Died. Arkham Origins, the title. What it means is during the end credits of Arkham Origins, a news report interviews new Arkham Manor Warden Quincy Sharp about yeah. the fact that he's going to open Arkham after years of it being closed to let in crazy people. So, Arkham is merely in the title to sell copies of the game. Yep. Not because it has anything to do with the story. Wait, wait. What did you think was going to happen? Well. <laughs> because they also do that in the next game. Yes. Well, let's get to that, shall we? Um, so, Rocksteady eventually announce or release, or Warners, one of them do, do. Someone announces. That they are doing a third Arkham game. Completing, and they kept going on about it. It completes the trilogy. It's the end of the trilogy, and everyone's going. Um, we've had three games. We've had, we've had what about Origin? It's the end of the trilogy. Yeah. The three games in the Arkham series. <laughs> and as time's gone by, Arkham Origins has been re sort of categorized. Instead of it being a prequel, it's now considered a spin-off. Yeah. Which would explain the slight stylistic differences and things like that. So it's like, you know, it's, look, this is what happens when someone else tells our story. Arkham Origins this is This is what of, happens when someone else develops our game. Yeah, Arkham Origins is sort of looked at in the same way as the animated film Assault on Arkham. It's complementary. It's like, if you want a bit more, there's a bit more. But mum and dad have come back now. The kids need to leave the grown-up table. Yeah. Um... It was announced that it was going to be released in October 2014. So that means it must have been announced sometime around Arkham Origins or shortly after. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, and we were all like, oh, shit, son! Because the game is set at Halloween and the plot is going to focus on the Scarecrow returning seemingly from beyond the grave after being ripped to pieces and dragged underwater by Killer Croc in Arkham Asylum. The, um, so basically that hint in Arkham City, it meant something once again. Yeah. Scarecrow is here, people, and he's going to take over. And he's aided by a mysterious new foe, the Arkham Knight. A militaristic mockery of Batman, armed with guns and tech like Batman, um, who's eating, leading an army of malicious soldiers and who to knows aid him. Scarecrow, and who knows Batman more than Batman may even know himself! Yeah! Ew. Look, th- this mysterious, new, totally original character, the Arkham Knight... He's Batman with guns. Is he? Is he the Red Hood? No! No! He's the Arkham Knight! Is he... Is he Jason Todd? No! No! 
He's the well, Arkham Knight. He's the Arkham Knight. He's a completely new character. And Rocksteady are honoured. They are honoured to create a new character for the Batman legacy that they are adding to the canon. Who knows where he'll end up? Maybe he'll make his way into the comics, this new character. Well, we'll see. But either way, we're all pretty excited. Um, yeah. Well, I wasn't that excited, actually. I was. I was freaking buzzing off my tits. I, played <laughs> I still haven't finished City by this point. I was... I mean, I was erect for about a year. I just... Yeah, I, can, I remember. <laughs> um, the teaser trailer looked gorgeous. It was a uh, spoken will by Thomas Wayne talking about how Bruce should take the money, take the inheritance um, that, he's, that he gets hold of after their death and use, not squander it, don't spend it on fast cars and and um, illustrious gadgets and everything, and to you know to do good with it, like go forth, my son, and do good. As the trailer shows, Batman sort of solemnly suiting up to go out into Gotham as Two Face, Penguin, and Harley Quinn lead a revolt against the police. And it's a gorgeous trailer again, like beautifully animated, very cool, um, including that pretty famous by now sort of shot of Harley Quinn. Like landing on top of a police officer, catching his hat as it flips up and putting it on her head. Um, it's a pretty sweet trailer. Yeah, I was all psyched. September 2014 rolls around, and Rocksteady go, "Yeah, game's not coming out next month." And everyone goes, "What? What?" And Warner Brothers apparently go, "What?" <laughs> and Rocksteady released a public statement saying, "Look, this game is not ready for you." And no matter what people tell us, hinting that Warner Brothers were pushing them, oh, yeah. we're not forcing it out until it is good enough. Until it's finished. Until it is finished. This, and it works. This PS4, Xbox One game, till it is oh, yeah, finished, yeah, yeah. we will release it's it. It's console exclusive. Yeah. But respect them for that. Genuinely, mad respect them for that. Because considering what did end up happening, imagine how much worse it could have been. Well, it ended up not coming out. Until July. Until June. It was end of June, wasn't end of it? June. Yes, because I was in I was in Cornwall. I got home by the time it was on my doorstep, and the next day I set off abroad for a job. Yeah. And had two weeks where I couldn't play it. Yeah. And had to avoid the internet like the plague. I Although, still found out everything about the game from you though. Yeah. Because you were so excited and you yeah. could, you just ended up showing me all of it. One stupid bastard posted a picture from it on Twitter. The first week. Was that you? Which gave away a ma- No, because I wasn't, I wasn't playing it. Which gave away a giant spoiler. I was so annoyed. What was that giant spoiler that it showed off? Uh, certain characters' inclusion that we didn't know about. Oh, yes. So, the story of Arkham Knight. It's se- six months after Arkham City? Eight months, I think. Eight months after Less Arkham City. Less than a year, anyway. Yeah. Uh, Arkham City, the criminals, as far as we know, have all been taken out of it and put back in Blackgate. Um, Arkham Island is still closed, and if you look in the distance, you can see the old site. Yeah. Which you can in Arkham City as well. Um, and you can also see Arkham City. Yeah, in, and you can also see Arkham City, which is easily spotable, because once you spot Wonder Tower, you'll be like, oh, that's the tower from, oh my god, there's Arkham City down there! Yeah. And you can just, you can just, like, make out the courthouse and the museum, it's a really cool little detail. Um, you can also see uh, an amusement park on an oil rig. Oh, I wonder if that'll come into play. Yeah. Uh, there's also, if you look really carefully on one side, you can see Wayne Manor. Yeah. Out in the sticks, which is pretty cool. 
Uh, there's all these nice little details in the horizon with Arkham, uh, with Arkham Again, Knight. detailed world. Now you are finally... Definitely missing from Origins, that. Yeah. The detail was missing. Now you are finally in Arkham... Arkham... Now you are finally in Gotham City. Not in its entirety. Part of it is walled off as part of the quarantine of the game. Yeah. It, but that's across bridges that have been lifted up. That's how you can't get to them. But you have more than enough of a city to explore. Oh, yeah. It's like... I think, I think they said it's something like it's... It's, um, like, seven times the size of Arkham City's map, something like that. three big old islands. That's just the landmass. That's not counting, like, the water between them and the bridges and everything. Yeah. And everything. Um, there are more inter- interiors to explore and interact with. There are a lot more things to see. Lucius Fox is up in Wayne Tower. You can go chat with Lucius Fox this time. Yeah. Um... You talk to Alfred regularly throughout the story. You talk to Oracle regularly throughout the story. Yeah. Oracle's clock tower is a visitable location, including her and her computer banks. Closest thing you have to a bat cave, really. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Uh, uh, complete with a bat suit. Yeah. <laughs> Little Easter egg, which yeah. is quite cool. Um, so there's that. Um, the GCPD is completely explorable. You can go in the GCPD and get involved with them. The, cell, the, the cells fill up as you apprehend criminals, which is yeah. quite a nice little touch. Both common thugs and supervillains. Um... It's an expanded world. Scarecrow is back. He's pissed off at Batman, and as part of his revenge, he announces on Halloween night, after an, a pretty horrific first-person experience attack on a diner, yeah. in, in quite possibly the best opening of the series. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Because the, the openings of Asylum and City are pretty damn great. Yeah. But the uh, Origins doesn't attempt an opening like that, does it? Like a walk-in, scrolling credits opening. I don't think no. it does, does it? Um, but Arkham Knight gives you a first-person perspective of a cop in a diner on Halloween with some pretty cool Easter egg. There is a Bat Dad Easter egg in there. You know the guy sat down yeah, with the yeah. half Batman mask? It's a nod to Bat Dad, the dude yeah. who does all the vines with his kids. That is pretty great. There's a Batman mask in that scene somewhere with white eyebrows like Adam West's mask, which is pretty great. There is a nod to a teacher called Henry Adams who's gone missing on the fridge. What a missing poster. There are old Arkham City newspaper headlines, things like that, pinned up in like the news section and everything. There's stuff about Quincy Sharp um, talking about uh, his campaign as mayor and referring to him in the past tense. Yeah. There are lots of things there. A Scarecrow thug attacks you and it's pretty freaking scary. And that begins the events of the game. Thug or is it Scarecrow himself? I don't think it's Scarecrow because it's, it's the mask that some of them wear later on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's one of his thugs using fear gas. Uh, I mean, you shoot him, don't you? Like, you shoot one of them as it comes towards you. I don't, I didn't shoot anyone. I think, does it give you the option? No, he raises the gun, doesn't he? And then it leaps on him. Because no, it no, implies no. that you need to shoot them. I, I, I just, the first thing I did when I got control was I looked straight up and emptied my gun at the ceiling. Nice! Oh my god, you noble soul. Yeah. I think I fired at them, but not aiming to hit them. I think I just sort of fired in the direction. But mostly because I was like, no, I want him to get me. What a cool opening. I want, I want to see what happens when you get attacked. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, that event is followed up by a Scarecrow broadcasting everywhere that he's back and he's going to release his fear toxin, his most potent one yet, on Gotham City in three days' time. So... Everybody leaves. There's a mass evacuation in the style of like No Man's Land kind of stuff, like yeah. Dark Knight Rises, and it works. It's believable. They have to find a way to get rid of civilians, which is a little annoying. But like, look, fine. In the last game, it worked. It didn't bother us too much. I'm sure we'll cope. And it's just the dregs that are left behind. Yes, criminal scum. And there's even an implication that, honestly, oh, one of the story things that a bunch of them are from Arkham City and have recently escaped. Oh no, Arkham City's been shut down. 
Oh, no, that's it. It's in the comic book uh, Batman Arkham Endgame, yeah, okay. which is set after Arkham City, where the Joker had a, a like a backup plan rigged in case of his death. And there are bombs in the wall of Arkham City that explode ah, okay. it's toward the events of that comic, allowing criminals to get free. Now, the police c- capture most of them and get them back in, but obviously a bunch of them are out. So they probably cancelled the Arkham City project outright because they're like, this isn't working, get them back in Blackgate. Well, they talk about it in, in Night is that Jack Ryder started a, a lawsuit because he was. He oh, yeah, because he was in prison in Arkham City. So he managed by to. By Hugo get, Strange. He managed to get it shut down because he was wrongfully imprisoned, and then a bunch of people who were rightfully imprisoned then had all their convictions overturned and got payouts. So now everyone hates Jack Ryder because he he, he wanted to sue Arkham <laughs> City for his own, for, because he was wrongfully imprisoned. It ended up meaning that everyone got tried fired. to do it. And yeah. It, yeah, it's, oh God, I love that. That's stuff you just get from the radio conversations. Because that's the other thing this game does really well is that you can chat to almost everybody oh, yeah. for a long period of time with each person. And yeah. sometimes the conversation will change over the course of the game. Based on events, especially in the GCPD. Um, so, yeah, Scarecrow gets everybody to clear out, and then it becomes clear that he did that on purpose. He didn't want to gas Gotham. He no. didn't want to upset civilians. He wants you. Everybody. He's gathered everyone, and by everyone, Catwoman... The entire Rose Gallery. Basically, basically I think the I think the attempt is, is Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, Two-Face, Penguin, and um, I think Catwoman's approached... She oh, turns yeah, yeah. it. She yeah. turns it down. Poison Ivy turns it down. She's like, "This doesn't concern me. You do whatever you want." But they basically go, "We're going to take out the Batman, and where we're going to do it is we're going to split him up around the city, Nightfall style. Like Two Face is going to be robbing banks. Mm-hmm. Penguin's lot are going to be doing whatever Penguin's lot do. I can't remember. Uh, Harley Quinn stages an assault on a research facility in the old Panessa movie studios, um, dividing you up so that the Arkham Knight and Scarecrow can get their hands on you." beat the crap out of you. Yep. Um, they want to destroy the legend of the Batman. They want to take you apart piece by piece. Mm-hmm. So Nightwing's busy with... That's it. Nightwing's busy with Penguin's arms dealing stuff. Yeah. So he's distracted. He can't help you. Yeah. Robin is having to guard the Panessa Studios thing where four individuals are being kept by Batman with the GCPD's knowledge and a whole medical team. Four individuals who got some of the Joker's blood transferred into them during the events of Arkham City back in Gotham, mm-hmm. who are all starting to exhibit tendencies of the Joker. Well, they're starting to mutate into the Joker. Skin's going white. Yeah. The hair's going green. Uh, there's Johnny Charisma, the rock star, who's about to perform several gigs in Gotham, like, over the course of, mm-hmm. I guess, the year. It must have been the year, because there's still posters up for his gigs or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and oh no, he he was brought in quite recently because they say yeah. some of the effects only showed later. Yeah. Um, Johnny Charisma, like I think, beats like a dressing room attendant to death or something. There's a lady, Christina, something who's uh, she's like, an executive and she killed a bunch of people in a board meeting. Yeah, um, she, he's exhibiting his the Joker showmanship. She's exhibiting yeah. his sort of near sexual obsession with Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, not in a I want to screw you, Batman, but in a like. I get off on the idea of torturing you and your friends. This is amazing. Um, there is a boxer who's like meant to have had the big title fight, and he wins the fight because he beats his opponent to death in the ring. Yeah. Um, who's turning into sort of like the aggressive side of the Joker, like the sort of the determination, the brute force that sometimes takes over. And there is giant. the head teacher Henry Adams, who's a quite little uh, sort of elderly man who who's left alone for the most part. 
who isn't showing any signs yet, but he definitely had a transfer. Yeah. He definitely had a blood transfer. So something's going on. Um, and there's a fifth cell, which you find out later is reserved for Batman, because he still hasn't really got rid of the effects in his blood after the events of City, and he's fearing that something's going to happen to him at some point. His fear is he's going to... He, nothing may happen at all, but he's fearing something could happen. But something does happen. Something does freaking happen, because early in the game, after meeting the Arkham Knight, who totally isn't Jason Todd... He's absolutely not Jason Todd. Definitely not the Red Hood, Jason Todd. Definitely. He's not former Robin. I mean, he doesn't... De- he doesn't... He doesn't his first Jason words to, to you aren't... Um, uh, hello, old man, or whatever. Yeah. You know, so, like it just it doesn't matter. It's not Jason Todd. Definitely not Jason. Definitely not Jason. Definitely not Jason. Definitely. Not Jason. Uh, so Jason Todd confronts you. Uh, sorry, the Arkham Knight in a helicopter. Ace chemicals, and you try and stop. And essentially, I think that was meant to be Scarecrow's main attack. And the sky, the um, what's it called? Cloudburst. Cloudburst is a backup. Yeah. Ace chemicals is going to explode and deposit fear gas everywhere. You prevent the explosion, only just. But as you're there, you get infected with a boatload of fear gas. And suddenly are confronted by the Joker, who joins you for the rest of the game. Who's the Joker played by, Matt? Mark Hamill. Who's having the most fun playing the Joker again, Matt? Mark Hamill. Who's the best vocal performance in the whole game, Matt? Mark Hamill. God damn, yes. And the vocal performances are a weird thing because they recast a lot of it. Yeah, they're not sort of central villains, for example, no, in in, no, in terms no. of the majority of the rogues. Tara Strong comes back as Harley Quinn after Arkham City. Yeah, um, Troy Baker's still Troy Baker's Two-Face. Two-Face uh, and the Arkham Knight is definitely not the Red Hood. Um, Nolan North's Penguin. Uh, I'm trying to remember the actress's name. She's really good. She follows me on Twitter, um, which surprised me one day. Who plays Poison Ivy as Ivy again. Yeah. And Ivy gets some actual material to work with in this game as well, which is good. She gets some decent, like, you know, conversations to have and everything um, in terms of her dialogue. We'll talk about her story arc in a minute. Um, so there's that. Riddler's Wally Winger. Thank God. Oh, the great. Because he, he plays Enigma in Ark of Origins, but he obviously has to be very subdued and hold it back, yeah. doesn't he? Um, so yeah, there's all that. Everyone, everyone like that comes back, but Gordon's recast. And he does a pretty good job. He's Jonathan Banks from Breaking Bad. Yeah, it's this yeah. freaking Mike, you know? And, and Gordon, like, at one point in this game, Gordon gets part of his earshot. off. He doesn't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he gets part of his moustache off. He doesn't. Um, I think Barbara's the same. I think Barbara's the same as the first I game. I might different. be wrong, though. Yeah, yeah, I might be wrong. Um, Scarecrow's different. Yeah, it's John Noble. Who does a great job, but it's really weird. It's very, very different. They sort of half-heartedly explain that it might have something to do with maybe his vocal cords being ripped out or, or damaged heavily by Croc. But it, it's just it's a little too far removed from the first game. It made me wonder, did they even consider going... Just listen to some recordings of the original guy. See if you can maybe imitate some inflections or something, just so it sounds like it's the same guy. Because the original voice actor who plays Scarecrow comes back in the tablet, the Android and iOS game, um, Arkham Underworld. I've not touched that. I've not touched that one yet. That's The main villain of that is Carmine Falcone, who's a new actor who's really good. And Dr. Milo okay. is in it. And you basically, they're offhand supplying super criminals with extra stuff so that they can sort of clear turf. So Maurice LaMarche is back in it as um, Mr. Freeze. Tara Strong's Harley Quinn, for some reason, wearing the nurse outfit. No idea why. Um, Scarecrow is Scarecrow from Asylum again. And Croc. Well, Croc has a different voice. It's really weird. Uh, but yeah. 
Scarecrow, he's a great performance and everything and, and, and whatnot. Um, I don't like Arkham Knight's story. I don't like some of it. When I compare it to the other three. I don't like the fact that Catwoman spends the whole thing as a hostage. As a hostage. And Poison Ivy dies to further the plot. Yeah. And, and Barbara apparently dies. Scare quotes, dies to further the plot. But then she's not really dead. It's a cool twist when that happens. It is shocking. But you are the whole time going, this is going to be something to do with fear gas. Yeah. This is going to be something to do with fear gas. Why else would the Joker be in front of her? Like, in, 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 we must remember to vision. put spoiler warnings in the show notes for this. I'll put it in the description. Really yeah. Yeah, uh, well, sod it, you bastards. We're talking about the Arkham games in yeah. full. This game's over a year old now. So. Yeah, screw you, assholes. Um, love the assholes, beautiful assholes. You got a lovely, beautiful asshole. Have you had it bleached? So the point is, <laughs> painful at first, but you know, worth it for the long term. Well, yeah, yeah, especially if you got hemorrhoids. Nothing like a clean rim. So even if it is a bit lumpy. Yeah. Well, speaking of a bit lumpy, um. Paul Dini writes the first. Paul Paul Dini writes the first two, so there's a consistent feel, and it's an excellent, excellent thing. It's written by an experienced Batman writer. Montreal staff write Origins. They do a pretty decent job. Origins would make a pretty cool Batman movie, in terms of the way the plot is layered out and everything. If you're doing it as a movie, lower the assassins to like three, but it's pretty sweet. Um, Arkham Knight's story, too much happens in it. They they go back to the formula back to formula of the previous three games where the whole story takes place over one night, but far too much happens for it to be believable in Arkham Knight. Side quest aside, even the main plot, too much happens for it to have all happened in one night. Um, that's a big problem. There is a lot of, and this is stuff that Paul Dini always avoided apparently in his Arkham scripts, but then was added in later. There is a lot of the word bitch when referring to female characters in this one. Yeah. Which pops up in Arkham City from some thug dialogue, and apparently, I think it's in a Fat Man and Batman, Paul mentions that he didn't like that, which implies that he didn't write those lines, or didn't write the word bitch in. But there's a lot more of that in this one. We're not saying Rocksteady like are really offensive to women. We're not saying that. We're just saying they make some pretty big mistakes. They're just not when as... it comes to very dated tropes. Yeah, they don't take the same care to not fall into the same cliches as mm. maybe other writers do. Uh, I mean, to further said point, turns out the Arkham Knight is Jason Todd the Red Hood. Oh yeah, Jason Todd the Red Hood. Um, because. Some people have, uh, people know about the animated Under the Red Hood movie, right? So we could do that. We'll do that. It's that story, but he's the Red Hood at the end. Yeah. What? What? Uh, what? what? Why? What? Why? But it's okay. Some casual people might not know who Jason Todd is. Well, we'll set up Jason Todd and his torture by the Joker in flashbacks. Because in the Archiverse, Joker didn't beat Jason Todd to death at the crowbar in, like, Kazakhstan or wherever it was in a warehouse. Like, he apparently took him to an abandoned wing of Arkham, not sure when that happened, before the events of Asylum, and beat him up and killed him. Allegedly. I sent the video of him killing him to, to Batman. Or broadcast it, apparently, so didn't he? Batman didn't think... To Batman, go and find Jason's be, body. Before he was or... torturing him, like, Batman was trying to find him, and then the Joker sent the video of him killing him. So Batman was like, oh, he's dead. Yeah. And then... Employed Tim Drake. <laughs> Yeah, it played Tim Drake while 
Jason was still alive and being touched by the Joker. Yes. So. Um, I kind of like the idea of the Joker purposely torturing and maiming and toying with um, Jason Todd to create a sort of enemy for Batman. Yeah. I think that's quite cool because, again, I think they're just borrowing it from Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like, okay, well, it works. We know it works, but whatever. But there's so many Jason Todd flashbacks throughout the game. Most of the Joker hallucination flashback sequences are specifically about Jason Todd. There's only a couple that aren't. There's the Barbara one and stuff, but that's obviously to weigh on your guilt of her being killed. Yeah. And there's uh, there's like ones of of um, <clears throat> excuse me. And that's it. It's now just the Barbara one, but then the rest are all Jason Todd. It's only three, I think. So off four. Yeah. To the point where, even if you'd never read a Batman comic, if you'd never read Under the Red Hood, Under the Hood, or watched Under the Red Hood, by this point you're going, Arkham Knight's going to be him, isn't it? That's the Arkham Knight. And it's really tired, and it also means we were lied to. It's not an original character, it's just a new persona. It's It's an original persona for Jason Todd. It's like, okay. But the biggest flaw of the game is also one of its biggest strengths, as far as I'm concerned. What's that, Christopher? The Joker. Oh, having Mark Hamill Joker, the imaginary friend, showing up randomly, popping up, mocking you for being scared of Mambat by recreating the jump scare. That is a great jump scare. Turning it? corners in vents and having him just sat there casually chatting to you. Yeah. Appearing uh, on buildings, being in the distance, walking around characters while they're talking to you during cinematics is great. It is really cool. And it shows you that even now, even though he's dead, he haunts Batman's nightmares. And the fear gas is making him realise the chemical in you is going to turn you into a feral madman. It's going to turn you mad like I've always wanted it to, like I always wanted to do. So the Joker's dead, but his legacy is living on. And it's great to hear Mark deliver those lines. Yeah. Problem. This is the fourth game about the Joker. He's the villain again. Well, because Arkham Knight doesn't do anything solid enough for him to feel like a threat unless he's in a big fuck-off tank mole man machine. Scarecrow is all talk and no actual sort of threat. You get the cloud burst, but that lasts for 20 minutes. Yeah. And that's it. Then it's in the middle of the game. The Joker's the threat. The Joker's the finale. He's the constant lurking terror. Again. Now, if the Joker was a a fear sequence in the game, I think it would be just as effective. Get Mark Hamill back. I don't know. Have it be a section. Or the finale. Have the very end. You know the Joker blood's affecting you and you are seeing things and then at the very end do what they do and have it be Hamill. And everyone would go, oh, he came back to do this! That would be just as effective, I think. Mm. Because then what you would replace his hallucinations throughout the game with is actual stuff from Scarecrow. Do stuff with him. Have other fear sequences affect you as the game goes on. Everyone's favourite thing from Asylum, for the most part, was the Scarecrow hallucinations. Yeah, but if they just so, done those again, I'd No, 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 but I don't, mean ga- I don't mean bits where everything slows to a crawl. I mean in the style of the Joker's stuff, where it just happens like three or four times about the plot, and you could hallucinate things. Like you could see the Joker and not have him speak and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Just stuff like that. And really play on it. I think you could have made it as effective, but no, I don't. I don't, I don't think you could because I think part of what makes it so effective is Mark Hamill's performance. Yeah, damn it. See what I'm saying though? It's a blessing and a curse. Yeah. 
it's not the biggest curse on this game. In terms of what is there and what Rocksteady created, the bat tank is a big problem. Now, varying degrees of hatred toward this yeah, I don't hate that, that range so from the range from biblical fury to yeah, it can be annoying. And I think you're in that camp. It's what, yeah, it can it's be what annoying. put me off the game for so long was the that there was the Batmobile stuff. Hmm. But now I've actually played it and done so much of it. I'm like, actually, I don't hate this. I think it's also because you're pretty fucking good the at tank, it, though. The tank battles get a little bit repetitive, but a lot of the puzzle-solving stuff I actually quite like. I do wish there was more puzzle-solving They puzzle definitely solving needed it. to do something. Yeah. Because if you'd have just made Arkham City again, but bigger, it would have gotten real boring real quick. So I'm glad that they decided to do something different. And you, but I think there is a little bit of an over-reliance on the Batmobile for certain sections. But I don't hate it as much as I thought I did. I thought I'd really hate the race sections, the mm-hmm. time trial, but I actually quite didn't mind them. I didn't think there were too many of them. There's a lot of DLC ones, yeah. but in terms of ones in the actual main story of the game, the three Riddler sequences, they're fine. I don't mind them at all. They work well. I'm, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being... Fine, one being overjoyed with it, five being fine with it, ten being God, I loathe entirely. The Batmobile is kind of like a three for me. Yeah, I I have I have big problems with it, but I did enjoy challenge aspects of drone fights and stuff. Some of them are heart crushingly annoying. Oh yeah, there's some of the so difficult some of the AI missions with the, Especially when you yeah. can't continue until yeah. you've done them. And the fight in front of the GCPD, like, though intense, is a little too long. Like it, it could have I think it could have done with just fifteen less drones, just to lower it a bit. Well, because once Oracle starts hacking them though, they start dropping like flies. Oof. I don't know. Maybe Oracle was nicer to you. Maybe you sweet talked her more than I did. Yeah. Oh god! I just uh, uh, bleh, bleh, bleh. it's not that bad. It's not as bad as everyone. Yeah, I, I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would. But one thing that is bad, good god, what's bad? Good god! Arkham Knight came out late June 2015 to a rapturous reception on the PS4 and Xbox uh, One. PS4 was, in particular, it was it was getting like eight out of ten, nine out of ten across reviews. the board. I don't think it was getting a rapturous reviews. Oh, no, no, well, it was pretty successful for a third entry in a franchise that should be knackered by now. Well, fourth entry in a franchise yeah. that should be knackered by yeah. now. And people were praising the uh, the performances and the combat and, and like story beats and this and the other. PC users, not so lucky. No. Physical copies were pulled from shelves. Um, it was pulled from Steam. It was pulled from Steam because lots of users were going, This is broken! And they it weren't wrong. doesn't work. Technically glitchy, stalling like crazy, broken textures, NPCs behaving completely out of line, game crashing completely on multiple occasions. Because they weren't given any time to work on it, and they didn't have, weren't given a team to work on it. Yep, it was outsourced. It was outsourced to Iron Galaxy, who made stuff like... They do a lot. They do used to do a lot of it, they don't do much of it anymore. But they, <laughs> they made Dive Kick and they currently make Killer Instinct for Xbox. Um, good little studio, but they were given, I think, a month to port it to, to port console. It, to put it from console to PC, and about four people. 
Yeah, and I don't know whether it's been clarified yet or not, but people, some people believe that it was because Rocksteady's finished version of the game literally arrived a month before. Mm-hmm. So, like, physical copies were needed to be printed, like, very soon and all that stuff. But other people believe that maybe just they were in over their heads. Some say that Warner Brothers went, you can do it. And they were like, we, we really can't. Yes, you yeah. can. Some believe it's because it was like, wow, we're being offered a lot of money here. Let's go for it. But either way, it was not ready for release for PC. No. Refunds were offered. Eventually, they did a thing where they offered refunds or instead of getting your money back, you would get a copy on Steam of the previous three games in exchange for Arkham Knight. And then you would get a discount if a patched up version came out down the line. Which it did. Which eventually did. It still doesn't work. It still didn't work. Nowhere near as bad as its initial launch, but even so, kind of a kick in the teeth. And they're not doing any more work on it. Nope. So, well done. That, we don't know if it was Rocksteady's fault, it was definitely Warner Brothers' fault, no matter yeah. what. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it lev- left this bitter, sort of bitter ending to the trilogy. Yeah, it was, they did not do, it did not do many favours. However, the game also came out in uh, the wake of Batman's 75th anniversary, and as such, Rocksteady stayed in production for a whole year afterwards, creating DLC. Yeah, there's a bunch <laughs> so of DLC. much. Um, we got two from Warner's Montreal, which are, no, three from Warner's Montreal, which are hands down the worst bits of DLC, which are the Harley Quinn DLC, which is terrible. It shows the story of her breaking Ivy out of a jail cell to go to the negotiation with Scarecrow. Dreadful. Um, Red Hood DLC, set after the events of the game, that people got from Game and GameStop as pre-orders and then became available later to season pass holders and whatnot. Um, that is set after the events of the game, so doesn't acknowledge exactly how the game ends in case people play it during their playthrough of the game, but mm-hmm. you get the sense that Batman's not around and has Black Mask in it. Yay! With no vocals. Huh? Yeah. Using the character model from Origins. What? Yeah. So a 10-year out-of-date version of the character is walking around. Um, pretty terrible. And then Batgirl, a matter-of-family DLC. Which was notable because it was the only public acknowledgement of Hamill's involvement in Arkham Knight, mm-hmm. which was quite clever, I think. Yeah, it was. It was. It was it making was... people who didn't want to buy it because they wanted some Hamill Joker go. Oh, maybe I'll get it because then I'll get him in the DLC. Yeah, it's a story set apparently a while before Arkham Asylum. It's, it's before Barbara's Oracle. It's while she's still Batgirl. <clears throat> yet, yet because Montreal made it, Robin is Tim Drake using the Arkham Knight model. Yes. What? Yes. Harley is in a butt-sucking PVC version of her classic outfit. Mm. So, yay classic outfit. Ooh, for gross over-sexualization. Yes. Um, Joker looks pretty cool. He's sort of like a cleaner version of Asylum um, in a Ringmaster's variation of his outfit. It's on the abandoned amusement park on the oil rig that you can see in the game. Uh, it brings back story tapes. Like, you unlock you unlock tapes in Arkham Knight when you finish character stories. Um, have you played the pig one yet? No. He's got tapes, man. Check them out in the character bios. Oh, no, I have played the yeah. tapes. Oh, they're yeah, so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so there's that. Um, you, you get ones for the fairground, which are pretty cool, in the form of, like, reels again, which is nice. Mm. Um, there's a cameo from Starro. Um, or, a, you know, part of Starro, which is pretty cool. It's nice to play as Batgirl. 
but it's not a very well executed bit of DLC mm. at all. The only kind of joy is hearing Hamill and Tara Strong in full Harley and Joker mode having a go at you. Then the Rocksteady DLC started, and we started getting costumes. Oh, it's just costumes. Pretty cool costumes, mind. Yeah. And a nice range for, if you got the season pass completely free, if you want to buy some of them, they were pretty cheap. It was like 79p for like three packs, things like that. So yeah, not yeah. bad at all, really, for DLC, paid DLC. Um, new Batmobile skins, which were mostly free. If you sign up to the message board, you get certain skins. If you include, like, uh, signed in with your WB account, which most people would have had because of Arkham Origins or Injustice, you get an extra skin. Yeah. Pretty cool. Working out well. And then the races started, motherfucker. Uh... Batmobile races came out, and I've got to admit, as much as I did have problems with the tank stuff and everything in the main game, the Batmobile races made me glad the Batmobile was a thing. Yeah. Because we got races based in Arkham Knight. We got races uh, based in the Wayne Tech, like uh, like in the, the back cave in the Wayne Tech yeah, proving yeah, ground. And then we got races based on the film series. So we got... 66. 66, Penguin's Dockyard. and um, They're all designed like film sets, which is quite nice. So you get to yeah. go through different bits, notable sections from the films and stuff they're based on. Yeah. So the, the 66 one is mostly based on the locations from the film, uh, from Batman the Movie. And it's pretty great. You scale up a wall at one point alongside Batman and Robin on cardboard cutouts, scaling up the wall... And you go through the Batcave, and you got the exit of the Batcave with the barrier flipping down and everything. It's yeah. really cool. And the music, and there's an episode of it playing out on a projection screen at one point in the level. So every time you go past, you get to see a bit of an episode. There is uh, the Nolan Trilogy. When I say Nolan Trilogy, it's mostly just Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises inspired um, yeah. race courses. Yeah. Like, it's like the car park and the tunnel chase from Dark Knight and, like, the crashed plane, the remnants of the crashed plane from the opening of Arc- uh, from Dark Knight Rises is in one of the sections and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. They're yeah, pretty they're cool. Really they're, they're, they're a bit, nah, in terms of the layout, but it's cool to go through it. Yeah, they're visually nice. Yeah. But then there's the best ones. It's the two Burton racetracks. Uh, the Batman 89 racetracks are amazing. Inspired by Batman 89 and Batman Returns, you go through like the Penguin's Lair, complete with the duck floating I around. Mean, if you want a real treat, what you want to do is just play Arkham Knight with the... Keaton skin. With the Keaton and skin. And the Keaton Batmobile. And the... Well, no, because you kind of... Well, doing free, just free roaming to beat up um, thugs when you completed the game. And you put, use the PlayStation Music app to put the Batman... Uh, the, the Batman 89 score on. Because they give it, they give it you in the races, which is quite a cool addition, which is nice. But yeah, I agree. Like if you want free roam after you've completed, just beat up thugs as Keaton's Batman and enjoy yourself. Tell um, your friends. <laughs> Tell your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. Pardon me. <laughs> Pardon me. Um, I remember people at the time going like, "So when are you going to do Batman Forever racetracks?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> mind uh, you, uh. mind you. A neon Gotham racetrack would have been fun. Well, there's a there's a lot of the bright neon Gotham in Arkham Knight, I think. Yeah, they they definitely bring some. There's of the that. big old winding monorail track, and there are big statues. There's the and... Our Lady of Gotham statue yeah. is very reminiscent of like the statue structures from the Schumacher films. Yeah, there is elements of forever. there's some of it there. Um, but yeah, those racetracks are pretty sweet. And then the Season of Infamy came out. Four extra most wanted missions that you could play during the game. Yeah. Uh, featuring Killer Croc, Rachel Ghoul, uh, Mr. Fool, <laughs> and uh, Mad Hatter, um, which wraps up the villain count again in the game, giving more people to fight, which is pretty sweet. 
Zaz has a cameo. Uh, pretty well hidden. I only realised it existed yesterday when we were talking about it. Uh, Calendar Man's got a cameo in the ending. Yep. Blink and you miss it. But he was there at the beginning and he was there at the end. Because he is there at the beginning because Warner's Montreal used the Arkham City model <sighs> in Arkham Origins as he's getting taken to the chair at the beginning of the game. And <sighs> Montreal, you did bad. But overall, not bad. Now... Let's all give a round of thoughts here. How do you rank them, personally? These four games? Because I think, as far as superhero games go and their significance, they're excellent. Origins, yeah, compared to most like superhero games, they are all head and shoulders above the rest. Mm. Origins is by far the weakest. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't feel as good as... As a game, definitely, I yeah. think. I've, I, kind of, I kind of think... I kind of like its story a little more... Uh, origin story a little more than Night. But I think that's because Origins feels like a hellish night in Batman's yeah. career. I, I Night like... pushes that a little bit too much. I would say Origins, Night, City, Asylum. Fair enough. Love from worst to best. Yeah. Yeah. I would probably say Night's my least favourite. Not to say I don't like it, but it's my least favourite. Origins. origins only pips it by like a hair because of the story and certain boss sections in that one I enjoy more than the ones in Night. Like, the Copperhead fight's pretty sweet because it's just, like, annoying as hell. Yeah. But it would be because you're poisoned and hallucinating a million Copperheads. Um, yeah, let's take... Do you know what? Because of gameplay superior for one, story's better for me for the other. I'd put them both maybe joint third. Yeah. Followed by City, which is, I think, maybe technically the best game? It's probably a... Yeah, it's a better... But well, Asylum's yeah. my number one because it's the best experience. Um, it's just superb. And and we're not sponsored, but if you've not played the first two, mm. if you've got 30 quid to spare, get Return to Arkham when it comes out. Yeah. Or if you're a much more sensible human being, you've already got a PS3 because it has a vast catalogue, go out and get yourself a co- the Game of the Year editions of Arkham Asylum and Arkham yeah, City. Yeah. And treat yourself by Jing. You can probably pick up Origins real cheap as well. Yeah, you can now. Yeah, that, that got Game of the Year edition as well, didn't it? Yeah. No. Oh. Mins! No one made Origins Game of the Year. Oh, no, they it. released a trilogy briefly. But it doesn't have any of the DLC. On yet. PS3 and Xbox 360. There's another DLC. Doesn't have the DLC for any of them? No. Oh. Ah, but then again, you could pay for the DLC relatively cheap now, and the cost of that trilogy box set is like a tenner. So. If you want to experience the DLC. That's not the point, Christopher. Nah, yeah, fair play. The point is they released a complete trilogy box box set and didn't include the DLC. Are you trying to say that Warner Bros. are fleecing people for cash? Definitely. And here we are telling you to go buy the Return to Arkham box set. Ah, uh, well. Only if you don't already own Origins. Like, no point me buying <laughs> it, because I've got Asylum and City. Fair play. Um, why, the, why the hell would I buy it on PS4 again? Arkham recommends... Um, if you're bored and you can get it for a couple quid on the App Store, Arkham City Lockdown's pretty cool because it has the voice cast playing the roles. It's uh, set uh, like in a, w- a week before Arkham City. Batman goes in Arkham City to deal with something. You face up against Two-Face, Joker and someone else. Hmm. It's not bad. It's, uh, it's a beat-em-up uh, with the narrative. Um, Arkham Origins mobile game I got and then couldn't open. It was glitched like crazy. Cool. So I never bothered to check it out again. Cool. Arkham Origins Blackgate, you can get on the PSNs, you can play it on your PS3, but obviously on the PS Vita. 
Pretty cool. Metroid style yeah, side the scroller. PS3 version has some additional stuff in it. Uh, Arkham City, the comic book, is great. Arkham Origins, the comic book, is a choose-your-own-adventure graphic novel. Yeah. And it works quite well, but it does mean that it can be out of continuity because there are several endings where you die. Cool. Um, cool. <laughs> Arkham Knight, the comic book, is was 12 issues and has had sort of different series spinning out of it since, and so far they're pretty good. Uh, th- however, the best bit of Arkham spin-off material for my money is Arkham Unhinged. Which was a digital comic and can now be, is now collected into four trade paperback volumes. Arkham Unhinged is fantastic. It's story set during, uh, before, during, and the collected editions have end game, so after Arkham City. Yeah. And they are all, in the words of the great comic book reviewer Matthew Watson, totally great. That's not a binary review. I haven't read any of it. I don't believe any of it's any good. It's really good. No, like it is straight up brilliant. Well, Paul, D- Paul Dini writes the first six issues. I'll check it out. Of Arkham, he writes the Arkham City prequel. Um, and that sets the tone. And then the other writers keep to that kind of character style as they go on. I'll check it out. And if you're wrong, I will skin you alive. There's a story where Bruce Wayne goes into Arkham City disguised as like this criminal, this hobo dude, who basically tries, who joins Penguin's gang, sabotages a weapons collection for the Joker's gang, tries to join the Joker's gang, so we can get the lay of the land and figure out what they're about, and then leaves with a bunch of intel. Hmm. Which is pretty cool. Um, hmm. It's I, it's sweet. Um, just a quickie nip over to the old Twitter. We asked you guys about Arkham City based stuff, yes. Arkham Asylum, see what you thought about them. A few of you came out of the old uh, Arkham Wood Woo. Um, <laughs> Arkham Wood Woo. Arkham Wood Woo. Arkham Wood Woo. Ten out of ten. Woo woo again. They would woo again. The Dirty yes. Swines. Uh, Matthew oh, Jasper, ones, yeah. 97. Yo, mate, what kind of DC games would you want to see from WB in the future now that Arkham is finished? Rumours have been going on for bastard years that Rocksteady are working on a Superman game. I don't want a Superman game. No. Because I think it would be very difficult to translate to an open world game. Now, if it was levels, maybe. Mm-hmm. But maybe. I don't think Rocksteady should do it. Um... People have said an Arrow game, a Green Arrow game from Rocksteady, but it'd just be Batman Light. Yeah, which is exactly no offense to Ollie, series. no offense to Ollie, but like they'd obviously take inspiration from the TV show, so it would just be Batman Light. Yeah, um, and I don't want Warner's to make a Batman game anytime soon. However, I'm looking forward to getting my hands on the Telltale series, which is basically a Certificate 18 Detective Batman. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm down with that. But in terms of action adventures, um. Huh, a Wonder Woman game, man. Yeah, that'd be interesting. That'd be pretty sweet. Or just a Justice... Rock, Rocksteady or anyone, to be fair. I do like the idea of a Justice League game with multiple characters, but what kind of form would it take gameplay-wise? Other than a beat-em-up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then again, um, I'm also looking forward to Injustice 2. And there's no point having a Superman beat-em-up. Like... Yes. Yeah. You can't really do that. The boziest of beat-em-ups! Fly through my rings. Um... <laughs> evil rings of evil. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, but going to the emails, we've got a, we've got a lovely lengthy email. I think uh, we're, we're running quite long this this week, so we'll uh, we'll table our new <laughs> and incredibly popular segment, Matt and Christy lifelong Doctor Who fans, looking at her and Doctor Who question until uh, until next week. Yeah. Um, we've got we have got a couple of those. Uh, <laughs> but this one comes from uh, lovely Billy Tree. Tr- is it Tracy? Tracy. Tracy. Billy Tracy. Deceptively spelled Tracy. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Billy. He wants you to sign um, a treaty. A t- okay. 
Oh. PT makes me PP on my TT. And he says, Dearest Chris and Matt of the, of the hashtag Big Damn Cast. Oh, he's a beautiful man. He is. Um, first off, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank Chris for acting as my unpaid unofficial Batman guide. <laughs> yeah, I've been supplying him with I Batman. Am, I am a mere novice when it comes to the world's greatest detective, also dressed like a bat and Papa Jay, as it provided a marvellous list of stories to pursue, peruse. Pursue? <laughs> oh, Papa Jay. Is that supposed to be pursue or is he miss more peruse? Both oh, work. Both, both work. them work. One's, hunt- one's hunting down books and yeah. one's flicking through Bo- books. Both of them, both of them work fine. So not a criticism, just curious. Um, <laughs> I've already Grammar Nazi uh, Spelling Nazi. I've already thoroughly enjoyed Year One and The Dark Knight Returns. Which, hey, are, which are great. Glad you enjoyed Year One as well. Year one year, uh, let's face it, Year One is still before Frank Miller goes insane. Yeah. Um I mean you just say sorry about after Dark Knight Returns. Like I hey, I like Dark Knight Returns. I don't think the adaptation's <laughs> great. Yeah. But I do like I still like it. Uh, we're, um, we're, we're mad at the legacy it's accidentally oh, spawned yeah, yeah, yeah. in adaptations in the same, I think Watchmen's amazing, but the, the legacy of Watchmen, not so much. <laughs> um, and she'll be hurrying to the shops once I've gathered enough pennies for Hush. Hush yes, is really Hush is a blockbuster um, in a book. As for Matt, our paths haven't yet crossed, though I hear you'll be found in any given branch of Tesco. Apparently so. <laughs> Wearing a homemade red jumper. Uh, I have come to love you from afar, despite, yeah, our differing views on the Dark Knight Returns adaptation. Yeah, the Dark Knight Returns has some issues, I think, as an adaptation. But I, I do like that. The core story's still there. Yeah. And uh, that's the important bit. Also, chicken legs. Less it days. Also, it's not Dark Knight Strikes Again, so... Yeah, that's always a good thing. victory there. What's that? Joker um, Nightwing Cannibal Plastic Man? Uh, what? Um, I've yet to play Arkham Asylum, but I played City and Night. Interesting. Immense. Interesting. And sort of while the latter is my favourite, uh, yeah, I can see that. The moment we think Batman's going to die less than a third of the way into the game and the Joker turns up out of nowhere is a particular highlight for me. Yes. It's, pre- it's effective. It's so well directed. You also, just turn around and there's the gun in your face. Also, Mark Hamill, yes, Mark Hamill, always Mark Hamill. <laughs> Very true, Billy. Treat yourself Very to Arkham Asylum, Billy. Um, you will get the best Mark Hamill experience. I've not yet properly sat down through the animated series, so it's through those games alone that he's become my favourite joke and making that what you will. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing performance. And also, it's really hard to sit down through the animated series because unless you've got Amazon Prime... It's really hard to get hold of. Yeah. There are two volumes of it in the UK that occasionally might be on a decent price at HMV or stores like that. Um, that, that are, I think, about sort of, uh, it's, it's like a series and a half yeah. worth of, of it. It's, it's a majority of it and you'll definitely get what you need out of it. Uh, but but Amazon Prime is where you can find order. most of it. Like and Amazon Prime occasionally, yeah, well, it's not completely out of order, but certain things are. Yeah. Like, so, like Christmas with the Joker's episode one, even though On Leather Wings is episode one. Um, but then in some versions, On Leather Wings is episode one. It depends which ones you get. Yeah. It, trying to find I've it seen on Heart disc. of Ice is episode one in some compilations. Trying to find it on disc is a fool's errand. Just go to Amazon Prime. Uh, and But keep your eye on it, because occasionally they, they make it cost. But then they, sometimes they don't like... Yeah, it's, again, inconsistent. <laughs> why they're not really... Why they're not doing, like, releasing a nice big box set of all that stuff, I don't know, because... God, people would buy that. People we, would buy that. We, we've got Adam West's entire run now. Yeah. Give us the Conroy years um, by Jingo! <laughs> I also have a question for the two of you, if you'd be so kind as to waste more of your time on me. Absolutely we will. In the last podcast, you spoke about adaptations, and I was wondering if you'd be willing to go a little further. Ooh. With most of these MCU and DCU films, they tend to borrow elements from certain stories, whereas with animated films such as The Dark... Nugget returns. They adapt the story almost, almost. Matt. Yeah, well, sorry. <laughs> line for line. Which approach do you guys prefer if you are forced it's to go true. down the route of borrowing elements from certain Batman stories, 
Which bits and bobs would you nick in order to better your film without it becoming a confused and jumbled mess? Lots of love from your favourite Five Who fan, Billy. Now he's put those words into our mouth. Our favourite Five Who fan. We all know that our favourite Five Who fan is actually Dilbert the Dalek. But um... actually drashing. Mine's Auton, the poor silent bastard. It's never Omega. Uh, I uh, ooh well, Christopher Nolan did did something like that that was yeah. kind of effective for his films. Yeah, well, he, he but but what well, he also did was not just kind of falls apart. Yeah, that's where it goes wrong. Yeah. And what, but what he also did was he didn't credit any of the stories or any yeah. of the writers in the with thanks yeah. to sections because like Dark Knight Rises, for example, has images from um, what's the one with Deacon Blackfire, the uh, the the cult. Is it the cult? I'm not sure what the what the the, the people hanging from the bridge is from that. Oh, is it? Uh, no Man's Land, obviously, because Bane's lot, yeah. like, take Gotham off of the mainland. Nightfall, because Bane comes in and breaks Batman's back. Um, like, it, it uses multiple bits and pieces and just nicks them. Um, it, never quite hold, it never quite holds together. Yeah. Dark Knight does it more effectively. Dark Knight loosely adapts The Long Halloween... Yeah. In, term, in terms of the yeah. Harvey Dent storyline and the involvement of the Italian and the Russian and all them. Yeah. Um, the Joker stuff is completely unique, I think. They're not adapting anything specifically Joker. Really, no. Although they use the whole one bad day, multiple origin stuff from the Killing Joke as part of his character. Well, that's all of the Killing Joke. You don't, you don't go into his origin. Yeah. Really. Other than yeah. him lying to people about it. Yeah, like he has, mul- well, he has multiple choice origins and he also mm. has the whole, all it takes is one bad day. Uh, he says like uh, madness as you low is like gravity all, all it takes, takes is one push, push which is sort of their way of yeah. saying one bad name on the truckers um, and then that works well and Batman Begins as well sort of uses year one quite heavily yeah uh, but dips into um, sort of some um, the head of the demon stuff like racial gold yeah. things yeah. And, and that works so I think if I did it I'd do it like that if I, if I were to Batman do a Batman film without adapting a story directly is I would I would take themes that work, but, which I think Arkham the Arkham games actually do do quite well. Yeah, <laughs> you said do 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 do. You said well. Well, it's my do day. Uh, heroes duty. Heroes duty. Uh, um. So yeah, I do something like that. Yeah. Um. um let's tell you what. Let's let's just do it. If you could make a Batman film right now, if you could suddenly turn around and and get a writer to work on a Batman movie and get it made. <sighs> Which villain would you put in it? Oh, um... I'm not going to let you think. Five, four, the three... T- oh! The, 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 the Arkham vs. Wally Winger style... Okay. Riddler. I would be I would be so down for that, actually. Yeah. Because it'd, it'd have to be a good writer. That's the thing. It'd have to be a script writer who knows what the hell to do with the Riddler. Because the Riddler is a great character who is used insultingly badly by a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, he's not the Joker. He's no. not. He's not Joker. Like we watched Batman Forever last night, drunk because you know and it's a medical recommendation. Fucking hell! They just do make Riddler and Two Face the Joker again. Yeah, uh, like Both Jim Carrey tries to do some Frank Gorshin stuff occasionally, mm. and that's nice. But it's like, mate, this isn't the '60s show. Fucking you need to do it, your yeah. own thing. Like this is the Joker again in green and with half a face. Both so... of these guys are the Joker. You like the one Joker? We've got two Jokers. Here's two Jokers. It's so you, and yet so you. Um, <laughs> it's uh, I would. I. Oh, don't you mean? I'd go for a mob war. Oh yeah, mob side. Well, 
I'd I'd bring in Rupert Thorne. I'd bring in A. Falcone. I would bring in Black Mask. And I would bring in Scarface and the Ventriloquist. Yeah, because I think you still need to get that. Um... And I would include Catwoman as a character in the story, but not as the bad guy. Because I really want to see a Batman movie where he's in a world with other superheroes and people with powers or mm. tech or stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, a good point, actually, because my, we... my version is just sticking close to sort of Nolan yeah, stuff. The Nolan stuff is, is fine, but it doesn't get to the more fantastical elements of Batman. Yeah, but Nolan didn't have the balls to do Scarface. No. He should have done. Or he should have at least had a ventriloquist doll, like, in a cabinet at the GCPD or something. Yeah, I suppose. Oh, man. I but, love, um, I love me some Scarface and the ventriloquist. No, do you know what? My pick's Mr. Freeze. Yeah, all right. Go for Mr. Freeze and do it right. Yeah. And don't have him team up with Poison Ivy and try and make the world icy and planty. It's such a weird combination. So stupid. Um, Calendar Man would be a better... Uh, yeah. I like for Poison Ivy. Really? Yeah, because he's made some seasons, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I just I don't see her entertaining. Ba- I don't ba- see her entertaining the notion of working with him. The though. DC Universe Rebirth issue for one shot for Batman. Oh, they've turned it so the Calendar Man about, is like yeah, a, is he's, an immortal. He's re- they, they've made him the Pale Man, basically. Yeah, he's reborn every se- he's reborn with the seasons, but then he make he he he's messes about with the ecosystem so that Batman so that Gotham experiences all four seasons in a week. <laughs> Interesting story, but I like the Calendar Man as delusional serial killer related to mob family. I think I think that's more interesting. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, that is a cool idea. Like yeah, the sa- in the same way that I kind of like the the Ferdy version of the Ventriloquist yeah. from the New Fifty Two. I sort of was like, that's kind of cool, but Ringu Girl with creepy jigsaw doll is still not as interesting as shy, timid. Um, like bookworm with a murderous gangster on his hands. Yeah, just look at that Wesker story from uh, <laughs> Marvel and other stories. Yeah, oh, that's great. The, Wesker the, only the appears. Wesker is alive in the New Fifty Two, but he only appears once in Dark Knight when everybody's on Venom, like when a bunch of the villains have been given Venom oh, in the breakout, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's got the corpse of a policeman on his hand, and Nightwing beats him up. Oh, New Fifty Two, and it's in like it's in like it's in like three panels, and he doesn't speak. That's it. Well, that's the confirmation that he's alive now in the New 52. So the New 52 could... was not good, guys. <laughs> it was not good. We got some good art teams in it, like Snyder and Capullo. The, the Batman run but... was... But the main title, my main series Batman was pretty strong. I think the Tony S. Daniels stuff um, wasn't bad. Batman Incorporated was pretty great. Well, that's because it wasn't New 52. It was Grant yeah, going, oh shit, I've got to pretend 52. this isn't a rebrand yeah. now. But you can read those two alone and they make sense. Can... Like the two volumes and they still feel like the same story. Yeah, you don't, they, yeah, it's just an absolute continuation of what came before. Which is great. Totally um, great in the words totally of esteemed, um, esteemed reviewer. comic book reviewer um, Matthew Watsow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Damn it, Billy, you've wasted our time even more. So we're getting to... <laughs> I th- I oh, I think the way to go it. with adaptations is always to take what works for the story, cherry pick themes and ideas. Take it, but yeah, take what works for the story and get rid of what doesn't work for the medium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I think, I think the Lord of the Rings trilogy is one of the best examples of how to adapt. Yeah, something dense and difficult. So dense and frame. Like it's it's very much a book. It's almost a historical record. It's why it's such a dense and difficult read. Mm. It's not written as a narrative. It's written as an historical account, really. 
But don't lie, you would totally watch a seven-hour cut of The Fellowship of the Ring where four hours of it are just spent hanging out with Tom oh, Bombadil. well, would I not? I would not. That's what The Hobbit is. <laughs> so the Hobbit's a terrible film trilogy. I think the Hobbit. But, I think the Hobbit trilogy is. They do the what, exact opposite. I think the Hobbit what, trilogy yeah. is what uh, Tom Bombadil stuck on the DVD player for the Four Hobbits in the Fellowship. Yep. That's why they were there for so bastard long. It's it. The Lord of the Rings is really clever about what it gets rid of and what mm. it changes, which characters it moves around, and where, which characters it rolls into one, which characters it just completely. It very much gets to the heart of the story and the themes. And runs with that and gets rid of everything it doesn't need. Mm. Um, that's, the Marvel movies are quite good at doing that. Um, they're a good example of how to do it, actually. Yeah. Like they, they take they, a couple of stories are loosely adapted, they like don't Winter adapt Soldier Civil arc War. and Civil War. They go, what was what was the main thing in Civil War? It was Iron Man and Tony at odds. All right, how can we get this version of Iron Man? Iron Man and Tony? It was <laughs> Iron Man and it was Iron Man and, and Cap at odds. How can we get this version of Iron Man and this version of Cap at odds? What will bring them into conflict? Oh, we've got the death of the Starks. Oh, we've got Winter Soldier was an assassin. Okay, we'll go with that. We'll make that a thing. Um, we've got the and, we've got the overall guilt. All of them are feeling from the events of the previous yeah, story. Yeah, like look at how much collateral damage everything's had. Everything. That so everyone, everyone's movies. pushed to a breaking point. Everybody yeah. is trying to defend what they're doing is the right thing. God, I love Civil War, man. So the central theme. I love of Civil, Civil War. War oh, is Iron Man it. and Cap two lifelong friends at each other's throat. Yes, well, not lifelong friends, but two. Well, group. well, at least four years. Yeah, they confirm in the movie they're that really they've been acting for at least four years. Yeah, really great friends. Really close. At each other's throat. How do we get there using the things we've set up so far? Mm. Um, Where did we come from? Yeah. Where did we go? The Mandarin. Where did we come from? You can't do the Mandarin anymore. You can't, well, do, you yeah. can't do classic Mandarin because he's a yellow peril vir- villain. Back uh, yeah. from when Japanese people were <laughs> yeah. second class citizens in the US. I think you could do a version of him because of the mysticism element being expanded now, mm. but... You've got to be very careful not to... It would have to, yeah, stuff, it would have to be a, the entire it would have to be that... a title, and I think it's one of those roles where it would be acceptable to whitewash the role. I don't think it's ever acceptable to whitewash a role with the Mandarin, though. I mean, no, the name and not. everything, no, and the Fu Manchu stuff. It's, and... You just don't do the Mandarin. Yeah, fair play. <laughs> like it's like it's not acceptable to whitewash the ancient one, mm. but then it's also not acceptable to 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 make it a stereotype. So. It's a lose-lose situation. Yeah. You're never going to get it right. Um, Lower the Oriental ties and everything and just make him more of a mystic villain? Then you're falling into... Yeah, fair play. It's 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 an absolute minefield. So what you're basically saying is what the decisions they made were really freaking smart because what they did was they picked stuff that would work and then but you were always and then moved on. Yeah. yeah. So you, what there you go, Billy. <laughs> Cherry pick... Get get to the root of what is the, the heart. core of why people don't just make enjoy it. a frame for frame remake like Watchmen was, and don't just go, oh, it's all action figures at the end of the day. If Batman and Superman punch each other, people will like it like that movie. Yeah, understand. Like, I'm gonna take the this core. idea. Don't do, don't do it scattershot. Don't <laughs> take this idea from this thing, and this idea or sequence from this thing. Like I'm gonna take this sequence from the death of Superman where he beats up Doomsday and gets killed. And I'm going to take this sequence from Dark Knight Returns where he fights Superman in power armor. And I'm going to take this moment where he shoots a dude with a gun. But I'm going to ignore the context which explains that he doesn't kill him. Um, (laughs) Don't do that. Get to the themes of it. Try and do a 
faith adaptation and just strip away what you don't need and then retool where you need to. These characters. I speak don't... as someone who's never written an adaptation in their life. <laughs> no, but this is what I think works from what I've seen. Characters endure because the heart of them it's it's about who they are and how yeah. they make people feel, not because occasionally they put on a cool suit and beat someone up. No, that's exactly why people like that's exactly why a lot of people like Batman. Which is a shame. Because the story of Bruce and who Bruce is and actually the fact Bruce Wayne doesn't exist and all that, that's more interesting to me. Yeah. I think that lasts more I mean there's obviously a power fantasy element to these things. Oh yeah. As I said last night, Batman is white privileged superhero. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, that was his original name, I think. Yeah. Uh, before um, I am Vengeance, I am the night. I am white privilege. The superhero. By Bob Kane. <laughs> and no one else. No one else. Um, so Bob yeah. Kane, sole creator of Batman. <laughs> and no one else. Liar. As you said, no one laid a finger on that. No. I said, I think someone might have been robbed. Vincent. <laughs> uh, Doesn't work, but most things do in life, like the Arkham games. If you've never played them, well, we've spoiled them for you, so you're an idiot. That's alright. Chris spoiled Night for me way before I played it, and I still enjoyed it. You swine. Well, go play them, especially Asylum. You, Billy, too. No excuse. Billy, who, Billy, yeah. too? Asylum's the best one, Billy. Go play it. It is incredible. Go play them by Jove. Um, stick around. Not right now, because that'd be mad. Home. But next week, we've got uh, another themed episode. We're going to be doing next week a return of our item. <laughs> Matt and Chris, two lifelong Doctor Who fans, reluctantly answer Doctor Who questions. Uh, we'll also have a bit of news. So send us your Doctor Who questions. Yeah, to bigdamncontact at gmail.com. Of course, we're on Twitter at bigdamncast. Yeah. If you ever use the hashtag bigdamncast, we can keep in track of you as well. So yeah. use that. Uh, and next week, it's cold outside. There's no kind of atmosphere. We're all alone. Except we're not. Because the two of us are here. With you. We're talking Red Dwarf next week. Bye, you lot! Bye! Take my blood, for example. I wish someone would. It's killing me! <laughs> <laughs>